Holtz. Recorded live. For uh, AVR, for one, you know, people with just telephones can... ...get all kinds of crazy... ...to AVR. ...for smartphone, or a satellite dish. But uh, it also records. Great recording, you know, because quality. But hey, when everything else fails, phone recording's better than no recording at all. All right, well, I'm a little behind on the news. For the most part, it's more than that. Here's the big headline. Now, this news is at least two weeks old, and it's a headline on Drudge. I mean, honestly, I reported this two weeks ago. Poll! Troops turn on commander-in-chief deeply unpopular. That's two weeks ago, folks. This is not really – this is the big headline. This is not just one of the headlines on there. It's the huge headline. Like, this is now all of a sudden news? Look, man, you know, when the news agencies are taking news from two weeks ago and propping it up as though, whoa, whoa, look, 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 wow, I got to think they're hiding something else. I mean, I'm just suspicious that way, but come on. You telling me? In a nation of 350 million people, on a world of 7 billion people, you got to recycle two weeks old news headlines? Really? There's nothing going on. So, well, let's just uh, let's wheel out the uh, let's wheel out something that happened, uh, you know, I don't know, two weeks ago. Because, well, there's just a it's been a slow news month. You know, let's just, uh, you know, put out that. I have to think there's a, you know, there's a reason why they do this, and I, I can't think of anything other than, you know, they're hiding something. Who knows, Martin Luther King Jr. is enlisted to fight the Obama amnesty. That's great. You know, back in the day. Now, you know, I heard something. Yes, let's recycle something from last week, because that's where all the news happened. Actually, I heard somebody last week mentioning about the Founding Fathers. And they were talking about privacy, and they were talking about, you know, uh, know, the rules. They're tightening the rules. Well, if you don't identify yourself, if you don't use the right name, if you do this, you'll be detained. You'll be things. Uh, the fact is, you know, they pointed out that, hey, you know, the Founding Fathers all went by pen names. 
and that's all true up to that point. And then he said, and they did this because if they hadn't done this, they would have been arrested and taken out and, you know, brought back to England and hanged, whatever. Well, you know what? That's not true. Because, I mean, he mentioned the words Brutus and, uh, you know, some of the others. That that wasn't during the Revolutionary War, all right? Okay, that was after the Revolutionary War was already won, and they were writing the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. This was a national debate. The Articles of Confederation were already the Constitution for America. They wanted to change it. They wanted to change the form of government. And there was a national debate in the newspapers. We now call it the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers because the anti-Constitution folks that wanted to stick with the Articles of Confederation, they wanted to amend it. Everybody recognized, look, you know, we, we need some sort of common defense and common commerce uh, clauses in here that we can, you know, that we can do business between the states without uh, acting as though we're going between foreign countries, you know, with tariffs and this and that that change all the time. We need something stable between the states. We gotta act in commerce as one, and we have to act in a national defense posture as one. Everybody recognized that and realized the Articles of Confederation did not provide for that. Seems like a pretty simple fix, doesn't it? This is the danger of a constitutional convention. Once you open it up, it doesn't matter, and people did complain during the Constitutional Convention. I don't mean people, delegates. Delegates to the convention itself stood up and complained. I have the minutes of it. it, it you can get it, too. Look for a book. It's, it's by Yates. He was the Supreme Court Justice, Justice for the state of New York at the time. And he wrote, he, he took the minutes, and then it was put into a book form called The Secret Proceedings of the Constitutional Convention. It's a dry read, man, but it's very enlightening. People stood up and said, listen, we only have credentials to come here and amend this for only these two reasons. We do not have the credentials to come in here and crumble up the Articles of Confederation, throw it in a can, and come up with a new government. They didn't care. They did it anyway. So, you know what, folks? If you ever think a convention, a constitutional convention is a good idea, you better kiss. Whatever rights you have, good. whatever rights are protected in the existing Constitution, you can kiss them goodbye. Because they will crumble that thing up and throw it in the trash and come up with something entirely new, and it won't be for your benefit. I'm telling you. They've done it before, and they did it over the objections of delegates that recognized what was going on. 
They did it, and then there was a national debate about it. And that's where the founding fathers used pen names. And they probably used pen names before that. But the reason they did it was not because they were afraid of arrest or retribution. The reason they did it was because they were making a point. They were making an argument. These were national figures. These were people that were, you know, known. Some of them were revolutionary heroes. You know, they were known by the people. And people were like they are now. Ooh, Britney Spears said this. Oh, I got to go buy that. You know, there are people out there like that. Ooh, Rush Limbaugh says this is good. I got to go get it. Ooh, Rush Limbaugh says I should believe this way, so I got to. There's a lot of people like that. That's why they pay him what they pay him. You see, it's all name. Oh, Rush said, Rush said, Rush said. We've even had a president like that. Ronald Reagan was his name. He was nothing but a figurehead puppet actor. Mouthing everything. Well, he had great speechwriters. I'll give him that. And he presented a speech really good. But his policies, what was actually going on, had nothing to do with what he was saying. But we all loved it, and we all look back on Reagan because it's Reagan, it's Reagan, it's Reagan, it's Reagan, 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 Reagan this, Reagan that. It's cult of personality, okay? And everybody is susceptible to it to a certain degree. We love celebrity for some reason. If you're a celebrity, well, what you say matters. Why do you think companies spend millions of dollars getting spokespeople that are celebrities? You think it's because they're knowledgeable about the thing they're trying to hawk to you, be it an idea or a product? No. It's because they recognize the cult of personality. They know. Hey, the more popular a celebrity is, the more people are going to go along with whatever they say. Yes, things have been amplified now through technology and just a you know a, 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 an easier access to these people's thoughts. But it was the same back then. People still liked celebrities. They still, oh, well, you know, Thomas Jefferson said, so therefore, it doesn't matter what he said. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going that way because Thomas Jefferson said it. I'm a fan of Thomas Jefferson's politics, but I'm not so much a fan of Thomas Jefferson's personal views on many things. But people don't pick and choose. They never do. They never have. They go, well... I like uh, I like this guy, so I'm going to do what he says. You know, it's the Fuhrer syndrome. So, you know, the people writing this debate, they understood this. And they wanted their 
arguments to stand on their own without the personality behind them, without the celebrity. Because, see, that cuts, that cuts both ways. While there's people who, oh, my gosh, oh, Rush says this, so it's got to be true. There are other people who anything Rush Limbaugh says, they hate, they won't do it. I don't care if it's good for me. I don't care if it's the best thing in the world. If that pig wants it, I'm not having it. It cuts both ways. So you see, they use pen names, so their arguments had to stand on their own merit. The ideas themselves, not the personality behind the ideas, but the ideas themselves. So, you know, I just wanted to clear that up. It's a little bit of history that, you know, is interesting because we all hear this whole idea that, wow, you know, if you're using a a different name, an AKA, an alias or something, you must be up to something criminal. You must be some sort of, uh, you know, doing something wrong or something. No, not necessarily. And yeah, it's like guns, man. You know, you can use a gun properly in self-defense or hunting or sport or whatever, or you can use a gun to commit crimes. It's not the gun. It's how you use it. It's just like having an alias. You're not necessarily using it for criminal purposes. It depends how you use it. But no, we don't we don't we don't think that way anymore because you see, that would take some sort of reasonable common sense or as people want to put it, critical thinking. Critical thinking is nothing but common sense. You look at something, you think well, that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Are you crazy? I'm not doing that. That's common sense. That's critical thinking because you thought about it and you said, that's crazy. Anyway. Get this. You know, everybody figures gambling was a sure Open up a casino. How can you lose? This has got to be good. You know, hey, let's all... You know, every state in the union said, "Hey, gambling, gambling. Let's uh, let's open casinos because you know, uh, well, we need money because we have need. We uh, we need money. You know, so they want money. So gambling. Oh, let's do gambling. Gambling's good. We can't lose. We can't lose because the house always wins. Well, apparently the house doesn't always win because half. That's fifty percent, folks. For those of you." as myself, who went to public school math. Half of Atlantic City's casino revenue has been lost in eight years. So they're making half as much now as they were eight years ago. How's that for a recovery, huh? Woohoo! Now, let's look. Now, really, this is an indicator, folks. This is a, probably a better indicator than the stock market because that's what we keep hearing, right? Oh, well, you know, the stock market's zooming away, man. It's doing great. This is spectacular, highest ever. Wow, woohoo! blue skies, happy days are here again. 
Well, what the stock market represents is the upper 5%. And you've got to understand, a lot of the stock rise is manipulated in several ways, folks. For one, okay, for one, the obvious. The Fed is pumping billions and billions of dollars into it, okay? By how? Well, they're giving it to the banks and corporations. They're loaning it out at zero interest. So these corporations are borrowing billions, buying their own stock, which, of course, as they buy their stock, well, stock market's not taking track of who's buying what. They're taking track of how much is being bought. So, wow. You know, look at that stock go, man. People are buying it up like crazy. Well, people aren't buying it up like crazy. The company's buying their own stock to prop it up on money they borrowed from the banks that the banks got from the Fed for free. Folks, that's a manipulation, all right? It's pretty simple, right? But, hey, it'll, it'll, it'll produce nice numbers. But the casinos, see, these are regular people. These are not generally the 5%, because the 5% do their gambling on the stock market, because for them it's not gambling. The people that are making the money on the stock market are the same group of people that own the casinos, okay? And they've lost 50% in eight years. That means people are spending 50% less on gambling. Why? Because people have 50% less disposable income. Because, see, most people, I mean, there's always people out there like, you know, just like with anything. There's people that watch too much TV. There's people that, you know, uh, use their cell phone too much. There's that drink too much. There's people that take too much heroin. There's people that gamble too much, too. Okay? These are addictive people. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that just like to go, maybe take a vacation in Vegas, uh, you know, drop a couple thousand playing the tables, acting like a big shot gambler like you see in, you know, Bond movies or something. Well, they're, they're doing that 50% less. They don't have that cash to go waste anymore on fun. Pretty good indicator, isn't it? You know, then you have the other indicators that show that, oh, guess what? People's wages are falling. Yeah, people are making less money. Why is that? I mean, the minimum wage keeps going up. Why are people losing wages? Well, because if you really look at the numbers, the reason they're losing wages is because, well, a part-time job doesn't give you as big a paycheck as a full-time job does. And since Obama came to the rescue, companies with over 50 people are putting everybody on part-time instead of, you know, full-time. Oh, and part-time is 29 hours, not 39 hours, folks. Because full-time is a 40-hour week, used to be. Not anymore. Not under Obamacare. Full-time is 30 hours now. Okay, so 29 hours, boom, you're part-time now. 
Yeah, you used to be 40, now you're 29. Just lost, you know what, 11 hours? A week? 44 hours a month of paycheck you just lost? No wonder your wages are going down, huh? You know, and these part-time jobs don't all go to 29 hours. Some of them say, well, 25 hours. Well, actually, you know, 20 hours because what we're going to do, because, you know, if you look at it, ooh, yay, more people are going back to work. Unemployment's going down. Yeah, well, that's because a company goes, well, you know, I need somebody here for 40 hours, but I can't afford this Obama crap, so uh, I'm cutting you down to 20 hours. I'm going to hire somebody else for 20 hours. That makes up 40 hours, and I don't have to pay this crazy insurance scheme he came up with to bail out the insurance companies. So now you're only making 20 hours, but hey, instead of one person working, now there's two people working, and unemployment goes down. Woohoo! Your wages go down, unemployment goes down, the insurance companies get rich. Yay! This is all great, isn't it? No. It's all an indication that the economy is collapsing. Slowly, but nevertheless, is happening. And you're lucky it's happening slowly because that gives you an opportunity to try to batten down the hatches, try to, uh, you know, make preparations, try to uh, weather the storm, as they say. But if you don't, you're probably not going to. You're probably going to be in terrible trouble and your family. So you should start thinking about preparing. Whatever way that means, you should do it. Look around. Hey, this is my my general test. Look around you. Spin around if you have to. And realize everything you see in your house, on your land, everything there is all you're going to have. Do you have enough? No more trips to the store. No more trips to the hardware store. No more trips anywhere. Look around. Do you have enough to survive? Not better get busy. Take a break. We'll be back in a bit. Come on, come on, come on,
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. 
We're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Uh, it is uh, January 14, 2015, and it is Wednesday. It's about, let's see, 1243 out here, Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is, where you're at. We are live. You can call in on live shows, 800-596-8191. Go to TheAmericanVoice.com or what did I say? TheAmericanVoice.com? Yeah, the other one is AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Tiny thing, I got this. Anyhow, I don't usually do this, but uh, I am going to make a couple of announcements for shows that are coming up. For one, uh, coming up next is Financial Survival. And they're going to have Greg Hunter on. Do that. And then tomorrow, I cannot encourage you enough. Um, Dr. Thomas Levy is going to be a guest on the Sulfur Hour Plus One. That's 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Tomorrow, January 15th, Thursday evening. Folks, you know, if you, uh, Thomas Levy is, is is one of the leading promoters uh, of vitamin C and researchers. He, he, you know, he knows a ton, a boatload about vitamin C. 
and has a boatload of um, examples of how it's worked. I mean, real, real life examples of how it has worked. Getting uh, some information here from Melissa because she's a big fan of Thomas Levy. He's a cardiologist, an attorney, which you know we'll let you know we'll let him slide on that. He's an author, and you know in, in a way it's good he's an attorney because there are a lot of legal issues which he's had to deal with when it comes to getting people vitamin C treatment within hospitals. So you know there's there's several ways to look at this interview with Thomas Levy. Yep, he can sure tell you about why, you know, vitamin C works. He can tell you how to take vitamin C to make it work. He can tell you uh, what different kinds of vitamin C works best, what they have worked on. He can give you examples of how they've worked for real people in real life. But he can also tell you what kind of legal uh, blocks they put in front of you to get vitamin C treatment in a hospital or from your doctor, and he can probably tell you or at least give you some ideas or tell you what he did to get around those blocks. So, folks, you know, if you are, you know, interested in feeling better and interested in treating the root of why you don't feel good and why you're sick rather than just the symptoms with chemotherapy and, uh, you know what, might think chemotherapy well I don't have cancer no but if you're taking a pharmaceutical drug you're on chemotherapy folks chemotherapy is chemical therapy and most and I mean when I say most I'm saying over 95% of pharmaceuticals are based in petrochemical chemical therapy chemotherapy. Now, if you're if you're on a pharmaceutical, you are on chemotherapy. And, you know, from a uh, biblical point of view, you're also part of pharmacia, which is sorcery. Well, I, it's a part of sorcery. It is not uh, a good thing, put it that way. So, you know, that's tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific, the Sulfur Hour Plus One. I suggest you tune in. I suggest you get your friends to tune in. Anyhow, another thing i like to address, somebody in the chat room makes a good point, and I just want to clarify. He says you can never accumulate enough stuff. What you need uh, a self-sustaining system grow your own food, have your own water source, and be able to generate your own power. I suppose some items like clothing and ammo you can accumulate for the long haul, but you can't do that with food, water, and energy. Well, that depends. You know, I mean, forever? No. For your lifetime? Maybe. Depends how long you're going to live. Depends how much room you've got. You know? Depends how many people you have. I mean, if you're just two people and you've got, say, an underground or or above ground, say you got a lot of land and you've got, uh, say, you've got twenty two thousand gallon storage tanks of water. It's 
going to last you a long time. Probably the rest of your life. I mean, unless you're like a teenager. Food? Yeah, they got stored food that lasts uh, 30 years, freeze-dried food. You know? So, yeah, if you're going to live more than 30 years, then that's not going to work for you. But when I say go outside and look around, what you've got is all you're ever going to have, I mean look around. Not just go count your cans of food. Look around. Do I have storage tanks? Do I have a well? Do I have a way to get the well, water out of the well if there's no electricity? Do I have a way to make electricity? Do I have a garden? Do I know how to plant a garden? Do I have any seeds? When I say look around, I mean look around. You know, so do that. Look around and ask yourself and be honest. There's no point in lying to yourself and going, ah, yeah, I'm fine. Man, I got a bag of rice under the uh, under the uh, sink, man. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't don't bother lying to yourself. You lie to somebody else if you if you feel the need to. I'm urging people to lie. I'm just saying, but don't lie to yourself. Okay. Anyway, let's get on to some stuff. Seeing what I thought I should be seeing because, hey, uh, oh, I'm not on the right page. How about this? Everybody's wondering, well, who's going to run for office? You know, who's gonna who's gonna be the next president? Okay. Mitt Romney, dominating polls of potential Republican presidential campaign, uh, candidates, is privately saying he won't take another run for the White House in 2006. Uh, this is coming from John Zog, uh, Zogby, the you know the guy who takes. Now, I where do these guys get off? I mean, you talk about ringers, okay, shills. I mean Zogby and these guys, where the heck do they come from and why do they matter? Why why should we care? Why well I mean, why is his poll any different than your poll? I mean, yeah, really. Officer of Zogby Analytics. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you here, folks, and I know this is going to insult some of you, but I don't care. Because the truth is the truth. When they say scientific poll, you may as well understand it's rigged. It's manipulated. That's the science behind it. That's why those dirty, rotten Internet polls are no good. Because, gee, anybody from anywhere who's got an Internet connection is allowed to vote. And that's just not scientific. And that's just not you can't, that's not reliable. You've got to go with the scientific. I mean, you've got Internet polls with half a million people 
that have taken part in it. And they say, oh, no, you can't go by that because, well, anybody can vote no's, and those, you know, that's just no good. We can't tell you. We got to have the scientific poll where we ask a thousand people or eight hundred people what they think, and then we tell you that Americans say forty percent of Americans, yeah, forty percent of eight hundred Americans, and then they extrapolate eight hundred people out to three hundred fifty million and tell you this is what Americans say. <laughs> and they'll tell you, well, it's scientific. We can do that because and here comes the BS to baffle you with. We've got computer models and we've got this and we got that and we got that and we have uh, blah 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 blah. So that's why we can ask eight hundred people and be accurate and tell you what three hundred and fifty million people think. Sure you can. Sure you can. Now let's add the fact that they get to design the questions. Hey, poll number, hey, question number one on the poll is, when did you stop beating your wife? Oh, poll says 70% of Americans beat their wives. It's a scientific poll. Woohoo! Yes. Anyway, I, I've got a real problem with poll takers and polls. I mean, I look at them, but I, I, I really try to take them with a grain of salt. And, it, you know, it's tough, too. It, it's tough when a poll says what you want it to say. It really is. It, it's tough when, you know, you look at a poll and say, oh, well, you know, American, you know, 70% of Americans, you know, say something you want them to say, you go, wow, this is great. Well, it's just as big a lie as when they say 70% of the Americans think just the opposite way as you do, okay? It's all what they wanted to say. And here's the real problem, folks, because who really cares about these little polls? All they do is change opinion. What the, and that's what they're there for, folks. They're there to shift the herd's opinion because the herd, well, they're a herd because they have a herd mentality. And they want to go the direction the herd goes. So if they see that, woo, 70% of the herd's going this way, well, I don't want to be in that weirdo 30% part of the herd. I want to be with the group, the cool kids. All the cool kids are doing this way. So I want to be in the cool part of the herd. So they see a poll that says that, and woo, I, I think that way too. That's the way I'm going to believe. Yeah, because that's the cool way to believe. That's the way the herd thinks, and that's who I want to be is the herd. Yeah, they play into it. And, and yes, this has some detrimental effects, and it's kind of dangerous on a, on a big scale. But then let's take the scientific method to, uh, well, scientific research. Experts say the oceans are going to rise five feet and cover up New York City by the year 2014. Oops. Yeah. But they were saying crap like that, folks, because, well, all those cows in California are farting, 
and you're driving an SUV, you're killing us all. You're killing us all, I tell you. Florida's going to be covered up in water. New York's going to be up to the fifth floor in water. Oh, boy, we already got big problems by 2014. Well, anyway, that didn't happen. But they had computer models and everything. Yeah. Anyway, back to Zogby, because this isn't really a poll. Um, they're saying Bush and Romney are at the top. Isn't that a surprise? Ooh, gee, the shill from Zogby is there to say, oh, yes, the complete administration, you know, the, uh, what, what, what did they call that in the 60s? The establishment candidates. Oh, they're at the top. Everybody loves the Bush and the Romney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Zogby. You know, Zogby's probably part of the uh, Mossad. Republicans do normally nominate the heir apparent or the gold watch candidate, the one that's been around for the longest time. Yeah, establishment. Because Republicans are nothing but herd animals, just like Democrats. We go way back on that. One back to Richard Nixon in 60 and 68. Now we have two legitimate heirs to the throne. Oh, really? How did Jeb Bush get to be legitimate? How did either one of them get to be legitimate? Anyway, uh, but a very prominent conservative Republican consultant called Zogby last night, apparently, and said that, he spoke to Ann Romney over the weekend, and Ann said if Mitt runs, he will run as the first divorced Mormon candidate for president of the United States. She is sending out the word, at least privately, that he's not running. Yes, unless he wants a new wife, you know, maybe. Maybe he will run. Maybe he does want a new wife. You know, Mormons like to collect wives, so. You know, and, and by law, they got to get rid of one before they get another one. They can't just be collecting them up in the garage anymore. No, no, we can't have that anymore. But we can have homos marrying each other. I ha- you know, really? I'm telling you, man. I, look, I'm not for polygamy, but I don't care if somebody does it. I mean, if you can afford to have more wives, and, and if, if you're that, if you can handle it, I mean, and I'm talking of your mind, man. If you can handle it, well, you know, okay, uh, <laughs> whatever, man. Uh, but the thing is, I think the Mormons should file suit and say, look, if you're going to let homos marry, you got to let us marry more than one woman. I mean, come on. And, yeah, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's biblically right. I don't think anything in their religion is biblically right. But the bottom line is we live in a country where the laws are supposed to be equal among everybody. And if you're going to let sodomites marry, how can you say, oh, well, we can't have Mormons marrying more than one woman because that would be immoral. Really? Anyway, got to go. I'll be back again tonight. Got a full day coming up. Financial survival's coming up next. Tune in. And as always, thanks for listening.
Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Alfred Adisk, and this is Financial Survival for Wednesday, 14th day of January, year of our Lord, 2015. Our guest today is Greg Hunter. He'll be joining the show in about eight minutes. In the meantime, here's the market reports. Gold is down $1.60 to $1,230.30. Silver is down 25 cents to $16.95 per ounce. Platinum is down eight bucks to $1,237. And palladium, I don't know what happened to palladium. It's down $41 today. That's 5%. Uh, I have no idea why. Uh, it's something strange. Palladium is off 5%. And it's down $41 to $778 per 
Jones. Take a look at the paper markets. Dow Jones was down over 300 points earlier in the day. They've come back to where they're still down about 181 points. NASDAQ is down 22. Well, let me give you Dow Jones is uh, off about 181 points to 17,433 points. NASDAQ is down 22 points to 4,039. New York Stock Exchange is off 53 points to 10,570. Uh, U.S. dollar index is down 0.19 to 92.06. And crude oil, this is, huh, who would have, who would have, who would have thunk it? Crude oil is up $2.45 to $48.34 per barrel. Now, that's interesting to me because we actually broke the low $45 per barrel here just in the last day or so, but only briefly. It didn't close at that price. Um, but it's too early to say for sure, but perhaps 45 is the bottom. Not going to bet on it. I'm not going to be surprised if crude oil continues to fall lower. There are some people that are uh, betting on futures where crude oil will get down below 30 bucks a barrel. I don't expect to see that myself, but who can say? It is surprising to me. Crude oil is up $2.45 today, and palladium is down $41. Uh, just an interesting world, certain amount of randomness in it, and perhaps even meaning. We are getting close to. Let me see if we have. If uh, Greg Hunter has been, is he available yet, Frank? Um, Frank may or may not have called him. Nope, not on the line yet. So I have to talk. I have to find something to talk about for the next several minutes. So let's talk about the slowdown in China bruises economy in Latin America, and this is from the New York Times. The argument here is simply uh, few people are as intensely worried about the slowing Chinese economy as Latin Americans, and they go on and they, they point out the relationship between China and Latin America, the economic relationships, and the point behind the article is that the whole world is increasingly interconnected and interdependent. This is a function of globalism, which we have wealthy people running multinational corporations that are paying other people to promote the idea that global free trade is some sort of a great blessing. I don't believe that. Right? I think there's a problem with global free trade. When we knock down our tariff barriers, it, global free trade certainly is bad news for countries like the United States of America because it has an adverse impact on our employment. Without tariffs to essentially prevent cheap foreign goods from entering this country, we're losing. Uh, it, it's one of the factors that contributes to significant unemployment in this country and even corporate bankruptcies and people going out of business and whatever. And people say, oh, oh this is great. We're going to have global free trade. There is no way that global free trade can finally serve the best interests of the people of the United States of America because it's going to cost us jobs. It's going to cost us income. It's going to diminish our standard of living. 
if we're going to compete with cheap Chinese labor, inevitably our standard of living, our wages are going to have to fall in the direction of the cheap Chinese labor. We're not going to get down to that level, but that's the implication. So this article is about the interrelationship between China and Latin America, and they're right. Maybe it's better. Well, people are against nationalism, or at least the New World Order doesn't want any nationalism. They don't want you to take care of your country, your state, or your community. They want all of this to be just one big homogenized, I don't know, milkshake of, of a global economy where we're all in the same economy together. And if we are, to the extent we're interconnected, it means that if one nation has a serious problem, that problem is going to work. We're going to be more like that field of dominoes that you see on a basketball court. Each nation is now a domino, and if one topples, it may topple all of them. This business of globalism is dangerous. It's contrary to our best interests, and uh, you need to watch out for it. You can't just accept the idea from your congressman, your senator, your president that globalism is good for you. Globalism is good for the people that run multinational corporations and are able to build things in one country where labor is cheap and sell them in another country that still has enough wages where they can make enough wealth, where they can make exorbitant profits selling the products. It ultimately will impoverish everyone except those people associated with the multinational corporations. Greg Hunter is on the line, and... Greg is the, uh, he's the man behind usawatchdog.com. He hosts remarkable interviews, really remarkable interviews. He manages to recruit people who are knowledgeable and controversial to speak on his program, and he gets some really remarkable admissions from these people and insights. And for example, now this Here's one that goes back where this goes back to November, but it's still an extraordinary interview. He talked to Rob Kirby, and Mr. Kirby, he alleged that in Asia, the price of gold in large quantities, being sold in large quantities, there might be a 50% premium on it in Asia. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Just fine. Have you had opportunity to confirm, deny, refute, Greg, or excuse me, uh, um, Rob Kirby's analysis on your program, or claim that the uh, the gold was in some instances is selling for up to fifty percent premium in Asia? He stood by that. He said he said not all deals, but some deals. Uh-huh. So we're talking tonnage now. We're not talking about a, oh, I found a bar at a a store. We're talking about tonnage. We're talking about we're talking about big big plays. He is a guy that ranges big big plays. So, you know, people like no. you can find it on the internet. Yeah, okay, that's right. You couldn't find it on the internet. I don't get my news from the internet. Sometimes I actually have people out here making news, and you know, not everything is posted on the internet. If you're overpaying for gold, I mean, it's just uh, overpaying for what the paper spot price is. It tells me that people are 
at the are quietly panicking into it. And the reason why they would do that in the face of deflation is because of collateral. You know, we've been told that bonds are collateral. Bonds are a store of value. And if the course of rates go up, you know, that's, you know, and the collateral gets corrupted and derivatives, you know, mess things up, you know, we'll find out that that's not true, that bonds, that debt is collateral. That's what, that, that's what, what they say. We've also been told that debt is money. We're going to find out neither is true in today's special circumstances, that neither is true, that, you know, all this debt on the books is being held as collateral. Think about that. Think of collateral. Think of, well, we'll put this up for collateral. We'll put these bonds up for collateral. We'll put mortgage-backed securities. What happened with mortgage-backed securities? Nobody trusted the mortgage-backed security bonds. Nobody trusted the collateral. Oh, well, they're backed by houses. Well, they're backed by houses with no equity in them is what happened. You know, we're backed by houses where people could take out uh, all the equity uh, in a house, in a home equity line. Uh, you know, I had a local bank here uh, tell me that they had uh, 90, I'm not going to disclose it, but, you know, this is several years ago, disclosed that, uh, you know, that they had $90 million in, in, in mortgage-backed securities. And I said, well, you, you, this is, there's no public market. People don't realize that there's no public market. If you want to sell part of that tranches of debt, you have to get on the phone to call Bob in Dallas or Mary Jane in, in uh, you know, New York, or you have to call somebody, and it's a peer-to-peer, you-to-me, uh, issuance, which means there are no public markets, which means there is no, there are no, no standards, there are no regulations, there, no, there are no guarantees. You understand what I'm saying? That's why, that's why when you buy something on the Chicago Board of Trade, you say, hey, I want to get you know X amount of tons of, uh, of corn. They can't mix beans in there. They can't say, wow, this is really light. Uh, let's get the water hose and stick water in this. They can't do that. Why? Why can't they sell you beans, mix up beans and corn, stick some dirt in there? Why can't they do that? Well, it would be fraud. Because there are standards. There's regulations. There's good delivery standards. There are regulations. There are rules. Okay? Well, there are no – imagine now – now take a look at the multi-hundreds of trillions of – well, the Bank of International Settlement says there's – you know, let's just use the official number, a quadrillion, a thousand trillion. Many people say it's more. Derivatives, a quadrillion. Well, I mean, people say it's more, and so people think that that's that they have insurance, that they have derivatives, that they have equity. And what can happen when nobody trusts the equity? We're back to the mortgage-backed securities. We're back to the derivatives. We're back to all that. But when that happened in in 2008, that's why credit seized up. That's why the U.S. government had to back well everything. That's why we printed out 16 trillion and handed it out to everybody all over the world. Nobody trusted the collateral. Yeah. Now, fast forward to, well, it's a deflation. It, 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 deflation is the destruction of debt. Oh, you mean those bonds they're using as collateral? And that's, and that's therein lies the, you know, I'm not a, a I don't well, sell gold. Here's the big problem with this. In this debt-based monetary system, we can look back and we can say, Maybe the government can't pay the national debt. An average person is going to say, well, big deal. What do I care? Well, well the reason it's important is one man's debt is another man's asset. And if we cancel $16 trillion in national debt for whatever reason, we also wipe out $16 trillion in paper assets. 
Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. The deflationists are saying that, well, you know, all that stuff gets destroyed. Oh, really? So you're going to, so that gets, okay, it can, it can get destroyed. So according to John Williams, at least $16 trillion in liquid dollar assets, treasury bonds, bills, cash, is held outside the United States. So what are you going to tell all those people? that? Oh, that's no good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, they can that. destroy it. They can destroy it. They can trillion. do it. And, so, and incidentally, so did you folks in the United States. This goes to pension funds. It goes to savings bing, accounts. Bing, 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 God knows where it all goes. But bing, 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 bing. You wipe, yes, out, bing, the bing, bing. You wipe, up the, wipe out the correlative assets. And all of yeah, a sudden, that's right. people, the, got the collateral. I'm a millionaire. i got a piece of paper that says I'm a millionaire. No, you but, don't. You have nothing but a promise to pay. You have an IOU, and it is only good if the guy who signed it is able to make good on his payments. And if he can't, and that's where we're headed right now. And in good times, that works. In good times, that works. That worked in the 90s, man. That that worked. That can work. (laughs) In bad times, that don't work. We're going to find out, again, we've been told debt is money and debt is collateral, and we're going to find out neither is true. I know. How soon? I mean, Here's a Federal the Reserve note. Oh, Federal Reserve note. That's a debt instrument, like a promissory note. That's all it is. I owe you. It's a, and you can't, you know, you it's, it's and they can, they can default on the notes. And if they do, though, you wipe out the asset, and that's the danger. If you, you know, in the Bible, they have a, in the Old Testament, they had a jubilee every 50 years where they wiped out all the debts. Was it 50 or 7? I thought it was 50. My understanding is 50. But regardless of how many regardless, years regardless, they, they, they wipe out the debt. debt periodically. That wasn't a bad thing, and it didn't really hurt their economy because the money was still in an asset form. You can wipe out the debt. For example, I might borrow $1,000 from you, okay? And we get to the Jubilee, and we cancel that debt. All right, but the money I borrowed was not a debt instrument. I borrowed assets like chunks of silver, chunks of gold. That asset is still in the, the economy. Houses, land. I might right. not have it anymore. You might not have it anymore. There's a little bit of a problem there. The creditor loses, but the money, the money, the tangible money is still in the economy, which means the economy, we've just prevented an accumulation of capital. We've prevented somebody from getting too rich for the whole for the whole economy and for the whole nation to bear. But the money is still there. If in the monetary system we have today, which is not based on assets, if the debt disappears, so do the assets. You can't have a jubilee. You can't well, it's not cancel an asset, the debt without putting the country I, in a depression or worse. And that's, and that's what credit default swaps are. They were, oh, I'm going to take some risky stuff, but I'm going to buy an insurance policy, and I'm going to transfer my risk, AIG, I'm going to transfer my risk to AIG. That's great until somebody, and, and, until the person you transfer your risk to can't pay that policy. That's that works great until the person is asked to perform and can't. Yeah, it's just the insurance it's, policy. It's an enormous Ponzi scheme, and mathematically it has to break down. And the only question is when. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. I'll be back with Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com on financial survival. Please stay tuned. Thank you. 
The ancient Greeks thought time or provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of time contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herbs when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International, 704-875-8010. Or online at thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hey folks, I'm Alfred Adams here with Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Greg will be with us in just a moment. I want to remind you that Melody has a special discount gold and silver, $25 face value, 90% silver for $370. This includes shipping costs. Again, $25 face value, 90% silver coins for $370 and it includes shipping costs. Give Melody a call at 1-800-375-4188. The office is open now. Give your call, 1-800-375-4188. Greg Hunter and I have been talking about uh, what's going on in the economy and how how bizarre, crazy, and even self-destructive it is to go into a fiat currency because inevitably you run out of greater fools. Ponzi scheme, and when you do, then the whole thing collapses. It, it turns into a terrible situation. You interviewed a man named Charles Nenner uh, just in the last couple of days, today, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, um, today. yeah, and it was 
he is uh, predicting that there will be a major war exploding soon. Yes, if you and, and his and I'll give you the thumbnail of his. Uh, of course, I'm not Charles Sanders because he's brilliant, but I'll give you the dumbed down uh, Greg Hunter version. And that is, if you look back 100 years, you look back to World War One, and then you really uh, that was a major war. But really, World War One and World War Two, the beginning of a major war, is 1914, 1915. The U.S. got dragged in 1917, I think. How close? Uh, but anyway, um, you know, it really was uh, World War One and World War Two were one war with uh, you know about 20 year peace between them. Uh, so it was a major war. And when he says major war, he talks about you know big body counts, you know big. You know, lots of death. I mean, uh, he, he had said that, uh, you know, if you take a look at uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, they're not major wars. I mean, they're painful and they're destructive, and we spent a lot on them. But when you talk about major wars, in terms of body counts, we didn't have millions. Like, just in the Russians alone, fighting the Germans in World War II, lost 27, 20, I want to say 27 to 20, 27 million. I heard a couple of numbers, but 27 million from a Russian that sent me, corrected me when I said 20 million, but it's a big number. Imagine America losing 20 million people in a war today. Ever? Uh, yes. Ever. That's a big We've number. We've never seen anything like that in this country. But, even the, the Civil War was nothing but, to compare, and that was our most deadly conflict, but even that does not compare to 20 million. Uh, relative to the size of our country, it was, you know, it was pretty big. Pretty big. But anyway, yeah, the Civil War was a big problem. I don't doubt. Was I'm it 700,000? Anyway, the uh, but the, but you know you take a look at the specter of nuclear war, and there's you know we have we think there are people in power that think we can win a nuclear war, which is uh, kind of crazy. Can anybody and, win a nuclear war, except the people that are maybe selling nuclear arms, and even them? Well, I just just think what happens to our Ponzi scheme. I mean, the whole deal blows. And, you know, I think you should have some, I know, uh, and I'll say what Bob Moriarty said, who runs a site called 321 Gold, and he said this, and I I keep repeating the story, I think he's just a brilliant guy. He runs a site, 321 Gold, he talks all about gold miners, gold, big gold component, and he started his article, I'm going to make people really mad by saying this, but cash is going to work really good for a short amount of time when when the big one finally hits. It's going to work really good. I don't know if it's three weeks or three months or six months. I think it's going to be three weeks to three months, but it's going to work really well. Somebody else said people are going to understand a – now, you doesn't mean you shouldn't have gold or silver. You know, people aren't going to – the rank and file aren't going to understand, you know, a, 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 a 1964 or earlier dime. You're not going to say, oh, this is worth two bucks. And they're going to see it. They're going to say it's a dime, even though it's not 90% silver. It's a, what, a 14th of an ounce. But – um, so, you know, so for a short amount of time, it's going to work really well. I believe the next calamity will come along with it. One of the features is going to be a new currency. I really do. Yeah, but how are – that's an interesting – I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to exchange it. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I just but, don't know. I don't know. Here's To me, the, the big question is, will it be another fiat currency that is essentially debt-based and we have it on pink – pieces of paper rather than green pieces of paper, or will they come up with a currency that's backed by precious metals like gold and silver? There's a, there's a couple of different um, scenarios on that. One of them was Jim Rickards, who was on my show, and he says that the, they'll come up with the uh, special drawing rights you know, at the IMF, um, you know, the SDR, 
which is the, supposedly the cleanest balance sheet. It's another fiat currency. People like Jim Sinclair at JS Mindset, brilliant guy, another brilliant guy, says they won't go from one fiat to another. You'll never get anybody to trust it. Yeah, but here's the problem. There are I mean, when, when Germany went to their, after their fiat currency blue, they went to the Renten mark, which was based on what? Rents. So it was based on something, not just we'll just print all we want. We're supposedly, you know, we're supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, tying our currency to the GDP, and, and it is backed with, by something. It's backed by oil. And the big story today, I want to just segue into this, is that, you know, this thing with Russia is, is going to have some downside, and the downside is Russia's going to pull out of the petrodollar scheme. They're going to sell their foreign reserves. They're not going to buy and sell oil in dollars. They won't recycle their dollar-sold uh, oils back in dollars. They are going to get out of it. They're going to sell, sell, sell. And so, when, and the problem is, is, is that well, it's like the first, you know, it, it, it's like the first cow through the through the gate. The hardest thing about herding cows, when I was a farm boy in Missouri, was getting the first one through the gate. Well, once the first one goes through the gate, in this case, you know, it's a giant-sized 2,000-pound bull, then the rest will follow. And who wants to be in the petrodollar? When everybody is leaving the petrodollar, who wants to be holding the petrodollar bag when everybody starts abandoning it and says, yeah, we'll trade for rubles or gold or we'll barter for wheat or oil or, you know, or, you know, finished products or whatever. I mean, and it's that no is there in life the problem. It's no longer being saved as a world reserve currency. It's not, it's recognized as a means of transacting perhaps, but not as a way to save your money. Now, for the moment, it is because we see evidence of deflation. But let me ask one question before we go. Well, that's what Ninner said. We'll have to, he said, I said, well, so you're in the deflation camp. He said, no, 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 no. Uh, so you say, oh, is the inflation and deflation? And I wrote in my piece, the answer is yes and no. The answer is uh, yes, we'll have deflation. But, but uh, well, after that, no, we won't have deflation. After that, we'll have inflation, big inflation. So deflation first, inflation later. And I mean, he's not the only person that said this. I think it's probable. But here's he my point. I want, to get back, I want to get back to this one question relative to whether the currency is going to be backed by gold or if it's going to be a new currency is going to be another fiat currency or will it be backed by precious metals like gold or silver. And the, re, the question is, could we have a gold-based currency? There are certainly rumors and reports that there may not be any gold left in the United States Treasury. They claim uh, to have almost 8,200 tons of gold, but it may be they only have a fraction of that and maybe hardly any at all. How can you have a gold-based currency if there's no gold left in your national treasury? Well, therein lies the problem. A lot of, yeah. what, there, nobody knows what's in, the, what's in uh, Fort Knox. Jim Records, uh, who also has worked for the government and CIA, says we wouldn't be that stupid to sell our gold. Other people, like John Paul Craig Roberts, who also worked for the government as the assistant treasury secretary for economic policy under the Reagan administration, he invented trickle-down economics, Reaganomics. He says we sold all our gold. There's no way we'd have to – they wouldn't be doing what they'd have to be doing. They wouldn't be doing what they're doing if they had gold, and they have been selling the gold, and they've sold it all. Uh, other people say, well, they probably sold all the foreign holdings of gold that the Federal Reserve has had, and uh, but they still have our gold. But the answer is who knows. And the other the other thing is that the gold market is really kind of small. I mean, if you take a look at the market cap of the gold market, it's uh, of all the mining stocks and gold together. I think it's 
it equals something a little bit more or less than the the market cap of General Electric. Yeah. I mean, so the price of gold is going to have to go way up. And the, the, some people are also predicting that we'll have a, mar- a basket of currencies. That that's why the SDR may be good. Uh, that, excuse me, may be a good thinking. I don't think it's good. I think we really should back our currency with something. But that's why that some people are, are partial to the S- SDR, and that it would be China says, "Hey, we want to be, we want a piece of the world reserve currency. We want a basket of currencies. We don't want any more competitive devaluation. And everybody's going to have one currency. It's, it's sickening, but the Bible predicted this, didn't it? Uh, everyone's had one currency. Somebody can't, you know, lower. That's a currency war. Jim Rickard's book was about." And his his big quote that uh, just hits me is that nobody in their wildest dreams would imagine everybody devaluing their currency so they could export their way out of trouble all at the same time. Competitive devaluation. I think yeah, but there's a certain sense behind it because what they can do by devaluing their currency, if well, they all go down at the same time due to inflation, that helps to wipe out the existing debt. Well, this is yes. the inflation. The, the, and if it all happens at the same time, but it's not. The strange thing is the other currencies, the other six currencies in the U.S. dollar index, they're falling while the dollar is going up. I think they're going to reverse that this year. I think they're going to well, be able I think to. They have to. I think they're going to reverse it. I think and how they're going to reverse it, and they're going to. And you know, we just had dreadful re, uh, retail numbers come out. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I did. Yeah, tell me if I said this to you. Uh, my prediction was. We're going to have some sort of dislocation in 2014, Dave. You don't remember saying this. Don't say you did. And I said, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a non-delivery of gold. I don't know if that's a you – know, I don't know what that is. Well, I think – but we're going to have something that takes us into 2015. It'll kick off 2015. I, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be something. I think that's the traumatic, shocking decline in the price of oil. Well, I can't recall that you said that particularly, but there are a lot of people that have been saying something similar. I think it was Andy Hoffman. Maybe it was Andy Hoffman. But he was making comments that we're on – no, it was was Holter, uh, Bill Holter. You've interviewed him a time or two. Yes. Maybe that's where I even heard it on one of your interviews where he's saying something happened, he thought, back on a Friday about two weeks ago now. And he was saying – Something had to happen because there was such a dramatic price swing in gold and some other and some other investment vehicles. He thinks something broke on that day, and he couldn't say what it was. He said, I don't know what it is, but I think something's broke. We are at a point where a lot of us, we we can't quite identify what it is. I, well, I think the Something has happened or is about to happen. The, the banks, they've got all this leverage, uh, certainly are in trouble. That was a dislocation. The dislocation was, I think, that uh, all this fracking industry and all this easy money uh, and, and, you know, people had unlimited capital. They could make risky bets. They didn't have to go into it, wade into it slowly. The cost of money is diddly squat. And uh, what happened was that all of a sudden now half of the uh, projects in North Dakota are underwater. Uh, oil companies are laying, I mean, oil companies, you name it, the Suncor, uh, you know, big oil companies, uh, uh, uh you know, are laying off people like crazy. They're stopping drilling. They're stopping, uh, you know, uh, looking for oil. They are just, it, it, the oil industry is coming to, you know, at least the exploration is coming to a halt. The uh, shale industry, you can't make money at 40. And one of the things that Enter said, I said, do you think this is the bottom? He says, well, if you look at it on a chart, and he didn't comment whether it was manipulated or not. Some people think it is, like Greg Manorino, for example, he's a smart guy. 
nobody's right all the time, but Manorino's right a lot. But uh, he says, uh, but Nenner and Manorino say the same thing about the chart, is that the chart is going straight down. I mean, you had a, what, a 50%, 60% decline in the price of oil. We went from 106.7 in July, June to uh, 43. And Nenner says that if you look at the chart, it's going straight down. And he says it's hard to pick a bottom when you see a chart like this. When you see a chart going straight down, you, ew, that's the that's the what Wall Street says catching a falling knife. I mean, you know, you're trying to catch a you don't know where the bottom is. I think and bottoms happened, are formed. They're not made in a V. They're formed. And so I don't know if we're at a bottom. I don't know if we're going to get a little pop back up. I mean, we just got one today with Russia saying we're going to sell all of our. We're going to sell a bunch of, you know, $88 billion in dollar reserves, and we have another $500 billion sovereign wealth fund. We're going to prop up the euro. Excuse me, we're going to prop up the ruble. They've already raised their interest rates to 17%. Imagine that. I mean, one day you come out, we're going to raise interest rates 6.5% to 17%. Boom. I mean, we, we, we can't even raise interest rates a quarter of a percent. Gosh. We can't cut back or raise taxes on $85 billion. I don't think we're going to be raising taxes now. And going back even to Roman times. Whenever you raise taxes, the net, the paradoxical result was a decrease in um, revenue. in revenues to the state. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Going back to Roman times. But it's so the Republicans are right about that. New math is teaching us we can still defy history, mathematics, common sense. Uh, we People in positions of power can make it happen if they have sufficient will to make it happen. You mentioned the manipulation with the with the uh, price of oil, and some people. Uh, no, the, the price of everything. Uh, the but I think what's happened. I would agree that the price of oil started falling due to manipulation, but I think they've lost control of it. I think it's 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 I think once it got started, it was like that avalanche uh, metaphor that a lot of people use. All right, we finally got the one snowflake. It started the snow moving, and now all of a sudden, uh-oh, how do we stop it? I I'm think sure they, I think there's supply-demand concerns. There is. There is, it's because the economy's slowing down. You can't yeah. discount that. But I think that once they got the direction going, they could amplify the direction. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but if you take a look at, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had uh, uh, Chris Powell on from Geta. And, you know, he's a, a, a reporter by trade, and uh, like, you know, like I am. And, uh, and so he was saying, listen, you know, one of the most shocking things was listed in the CME groups, 10K, and it used to be the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Now it's the CME group because they, they handle COMEX, they handle Forex, they handle, you know, commodity, all kinds of commodities, currencies, uh, you know, physical assets, uh, gold and silver. Uh, so they have a group of basket of, you know, everything tangible, right? And he says in their 10K in, in uh, last year, they listed, uh, this is in 2013, they listed volume discounts to central banks. And he said that, uh, you know, they say that it's liquidity, but that's the liquidity in, in terms of the size of the Atlantic Ocean. It's liquidity in terms of they can create all the money they want to price uh, commodities any way they'd like to price them. And uh, you think about that. If you're printing money, think of the big picture now. If you're printing crazy amounts of money and you don't want people to think we got inflation, wouldn't you like to cap the price of, well, everything? If you so they own it, I think. Well, listen, they're given value. We know the central banks are trading in, in all of the CME platforms. Well, let's giving, talk more about that when bidding. we return from some commercials. Okay. We'll talk about what the central banks are doing with the CME platforms. I'm here with Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. 
please stay tuned. We will be back on Financial Survival. men get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Adams here on Financial Survival with our guest Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. You really ought to check out Greg's website, USAWatchdog.com, because he has some fantastic interviews with a large variety, significant variety of people who are trying to express the truth and not just go along with what's politically correct. He has some wonderful interviews. USAWatchdog.com and Greg Hunter, and when we broke for commercials, you were talking about the relationship between central banks and the CME trading platforms. You want to amplify that, Greg? Well, I listen. Do I know exactly what they're doing and how they're manipulating it? No. Mm-hmm. But listen, CME is saying that they are giving volume discounts to central banks. And the, the big story is why in the heck isn't ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox? Uh, MSNBC, CNBC, uh, aren't they saying, hey, what you at? Central banks have a training in the commodities market. Why? Why? 
Nobody just pretend it doesn't happen. We'll just pretend we're going to be pretend. Oh, do you like the new iPad? Do you like the new 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 uh, Apple Six phone? Hey, do you, hey, do you hear about the new Uber thing? It's forty billion dollars. Hey, do you, it's stupid. Stupid. It's stupid. Well, we are being diverted. Uh, it's worthless information. We are being diverted from seeing the truth. What do you suppose? And well, the, the truth, the truth, truth is, is going to be ugly. And listen, there was no ever attempt in fixing it, and, there, and this is what should have happened in 2008, and this is what wasn't allowed to happen. Here's the big people, well, it didn't happen, and you know, you know, the crisis you're talking about, oh yeah, it happened. No, those crisis happened, and that's why a lot of big-name people that manage lots of money missed this because nobody in their wildest dreams, I've said this before, I'll say it again, it's pretty damn clear now. Nobody in the wildest dreams that, that people thought the, that they would go to the, the criminal extent they would go to, yeah. and the government would turn a blind eye to it. The whole Bernie Madoff thing. Let's just talk about that. Story after story after story in USA Today about Bernie Madoff. But one of the, the, the big business relationships with Content, with Gannett, which owns USA Today, is J.P. Morgan. Not very much on J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan paid a fine, reportedly $2.6 billion in fines and restitutions. This was reported. This was reportedly to avoid criminal charges. Why? Why did these schlubs go to jail for two, five, six, seven, Bernie Madoff for life, when the people that helped facilitate it, who paid a $2.6 billion fines and restitutions, hey, that was paid by shareholders, incidentally, that none of these people at the top of J.P. Morgan, which there's plenty of reports and evidence that show they knew about it for years, and it's just absolutely outrageous. Why isn't USA Today all over that? Why well, is it the Washington you know, Post all over? Why is it the Washington Post all over that? That's the outrageous. Is, uh, justice is for sale in this country. They, they admitted to, to they they had, they admitted they paid they paid it to avoid criminal charges. Yeah. Suppose you could. Uh, Matt Taibbi wrote a big story about that. Pay a, just pay a fine, and well, all right, we'll forget that. Shareholders pay the fine. They don't pay the fine. They don't even pay the fine. Yeah, that's right. Somebody pays the fine. The shareholders. Yep. So it's Not just the people are actually liable, criminally liable. They just skate as long as they can get some other. It was reported. It was reported. I want to be careful about this, but I want to say what was reported. It was reported they paid fines and restitutions to avoid criminal prosecution. Now, I bet you Bernie Madoff would have liked to have paid a fine and restitution yeah. to avoid yeah, spending the rest of his life in jail. I'll bet you these schlubs that – and I'm not saying these people were good. They're weasels. They're part of a scam, a fraud. I bet you they would have liked to have paid a fine not to spend the next two, five, six, ten years of their lives when they're in the 60s in jail. And that's the problem. This is the problem, and nobody reports – and this is why the mainstream media, this is why CNBC had its worst year ever. You know, it's what? also evidence people will people in positions of power. They say they look at it and they say, Look, these guys bought their way out. We can do the same. It becomes it's not just a way where some wealthy people beat the rap right now. It encourages other wealthy people to engage in similar kinds of fraud. If they can make a fast buck now, who cares if we get caught we'll buy our way out. Justice is for sale in this country, and therefore, as long as that perception is there, people are paying attention, saying, I don't need to be honest. 
I don't need to be ethical. That's just terrible news for the country. It inevitably causes more of the same kinds of problems that we're complaining about. You were talking... We, oh, we were talking about Charles Nenner earlier in the program. Oh, Nenner is a prediction that there's a war, a major war every hundred yeah. years. Well, and then he takes a look at, and he, you know, he shied away from how many billions, you know, it was ten, hundreds of tens of millions, probably twenty-seven million just for, uh, you know, Russia. I know millions, uh, six million Jews, uh, which helped, well, I think, as part of the war cycle. Uh, then he added World War One. He he looks at World War One and World War Two and the peace between it. Of course, not peaceful when you know Jews were rounded up in concentration camps. That wasn't so peaceful. But uh, if you look at uh, you know he just looks at one big war. One and two were one big war. If you add them up, it has to be you know tens of millions, if not you know a couple hundred million people killed in that war. And if you look at World War Two, you know you have you know tens of millions anyway killed in that war with all the bombings and you know, uh, actually, I mean, you look at the, the next war, you know, if it's a couple hundred million, I mean, he says that they're amplified, the wars amplify the body counts. And before that, you look at Napoleon. Well, they didn't have hundreds of million, you know, tens of millions of people, if not a couple hundred million people killed in the in, in the Napoleonic Wars. But take a look at the next cycle, 100 years later. They're 100-year cycles. Take a look at the next cycle. So you go from Napoleon to the next cycle, and that's, whoa. You know, that's uh, amplified. And, you know, Will Rogers, uh, who says we don't have progress? Every war, we find a new way to kill each other. Yeah. Well, so the next time we have a war, what is that? what's going to happen there? I mean, are we going to turn Saudi Arabia into a sheet of glass? I mean, what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's ugly. And, you know, you've got to get give, right did with... He get, uh, did he tell you how far back he traced this 100-year cycle? Oh, God. 3,000 3, 3, 3, 3, years? Let's go back 5, 10, 1,000 years how far how far does this hundred year cycle uh he he went back hundreds of years i know right. he said right. i want to say he went back three thousand years did he give you any explanation of why this cycle might exist yeah just uh it's just a cycle he's identified and it's pretty hard to refute it well if the evidence is there it's like at least they weren't manipulating the the data well recently so what do you think the chances are that we're going to see a major war where I think in we're already in one. Well, uh, if you take a look at, um, I can tell you this, so you don't have to go hunt it down in uh, in, in uh, Skype, but if I got a section on my, and I think this is a big deal, I'm not talking about it in my weekly news wrap-up, but I give you the preview right now. If you uh, take a look at, on my site, and I have a little section called, I'm not trying to plug my site, I'm just telling people go to go get it. Uh, if you take a look at people, take a look at, I just post, I just get stuff during the week, and I go, hmm, that's interesting. And it's a, it's a, it says uh, top stories from around the web, and you click on top stories from around the web, and you look down, and uh, story number two and story number three. Story number two, Russia increases combat capabilities uh, in Crimea, sees Ukraine conflict worsening, which I've been saying this for a while. This is not over by a country mile. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I don't know who shot down the jetliner, although it's pretty suspicious. Uh, I really don't know. It's hard to say, here's what happened. It was false flag. That, don't care what it is. That is going to turn into a uh, that is going to turn into a war. And I think we're going to have global war on a, a couple of fronts. Now, let me move on. The next story down, third one down, boots on the ground. Remember we were told no boots on the ground, and then Jeff, Jack Dempsey, yeah. the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was saying that um, – I think it's Jeff, Jack Dempsey, isn't it? Yes. He said that, uh, you know, he um, – 
said, well, you know, if this doesn't work, I think this will work. Of course, he'd look at it. He knew he was lying. I think this will work, but, um, you know, you know, if it doesn't work, we'll have to go to the president. Well, that's what he's doing. They, got it. they can't have boots on the ground. A lot of this equipment they took out of Afghanistan is going to, oh, um, you know, Kuwait. You know, and they'll put it there because they don't want to be overrun by ISIS. I mean, they're going to be terrified by these people. And so with a Republican uh, uh, House and Senate, uh, they're probably going to authorize, and we're going to put people in there to try to knock out ISIS. Now, I don't know. I, I, I'm very wary about having Barack Hussein Obama, who will not even mention the words Islamic and terrorist in the same sentence. And a lot of the stuff they're getting, I mean, I was listening to Fox, and I've seen one uh, you know, Muslim after another saying, eh, it's in the Quran. And if you go look it up, a lot of the stuff is in the Quran. Anybody who believes in God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, uh, you know, is, a, is a, an apostate and should die. And this is not a religion of peace, according to no. uh, one of the clerics that came, was on an interview uh, this week. I believe I saw it on Fox. It's not peace, it's submission. Yeah. And That's somebody else right. uh, interviewed well, that. Is the religion of peace until they are a significant percentage, and all of a sudden well, you'll find out that your new neighbors are not necessarily as peaceful as you might have thought. A lot of Muslims are peaceful, but you know, we, but there's so many of them. It doesn't take a big percentage for this to be very, very disruptive globally. I mean, they say the number is one point after 1.6 or 1.7 billion. Let's just say 1.6 billion. If it's 10 percent who believe, and they're getting this from the Quran. Uh, there's, there are passages in the Koran that we don't believe in the same God. We don't. We, we do not believe in the same God. Anybody who says we do, we don't. I'm sorry. It's in the Koran. We believe in God the Father if you're a Christian. You believe in Christ. You believe in, in, in God the Father. Okay? They don't say they don't believe that. They say that God, that God didn't need a son. They didn't need that. And, and Christ is only a... Um, He's only a, 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 a prophet, and much lower than, than Muhammad, even though Christ came along 600 years before most, the Muslim religion. But anyway, I'm just saying that's what's in the Quran. I'm talking about a belief system. We have a clash of cultures. That's the big picture. The big picture is a clash of cultures. Now, if it's only a percentage of Muslims, okay, I'm not, it, it, but, it's a, but a small percentage is a, is a lot of people. What is, the maj- what is the majority doing to tamp down on the minority that are radical and aggressive? By not much. That's the it's problem. It's just not much. It's and then not we just had a all question these... of the lunatics are doing what they want to do. Well, well and then you hear the short... other people that are allegedly peaceful who have a handle on this aren't doing much to hold them back. Uh, and then you have this thing about happened in, uh, in you know, Charlie Hebdo. And, you know, there's all this, oh, yep. they left their IDs in the car. And, well, would they do that? And this looks like, a, you know, a military operation maybe. Uh, you know, and but you can't just look at Charlie Hebdo and you can't just jump to conclusions. You know, uh, you, uh, you know, they say, well, they like to go out and, and go out in a blaze of glory, but they left their IDs and they ran. Well, they, did you, does anybody think they thought they were going to just waltz out of France after murdering a dozen people? Did you think they thought they were? No, come on. And a lot has been, the prophet has been avenged well, and whatever. Um, well, the other point I wanted to make, they left their IDs in the car. Well, wouldn't they, if they, wouldn't they want to get credit for this with their buddies as they were being hunted down and they could make it last as long as they can and they had their faces and names and they would be taking credit for this? I mean, they had a shootout and they died. But let's just, let's just, move, let's just move past it, whether it's a, a false flag attack or not. I don't know. Listen, those Jews that were killed in that market, was that a false flag? How about those hundred and something school kids in Pakistan that were murdered? Was that, a false, was that caused by Langley and Masada? 
How about Boko Haram? And they just killed, butchered 2,000 people, shot them in the back, and killed them, shot them in the butcher. Was that a Langley operation? How about all these no-go zones in France and Europe? Is that, that a Langley operation? Is that, that's insane. That's to allow that to happen, just absolutely insane. So are there false flags? Yes. But that doesn't taper over the much larger problem. All this violence, France is the third biggest country for Jews, and that all this violence, we don't have the, the Jews coming into the uh, Muslim neighborhood. We have the Muslims, some, coming into the Jewish neighborhoods. So, I mean, uh, it, we, we have all these no-go zones in, in, uh, in uh, the U.K. and in France. They just kind of make it go away. This is their usual thing now. This is what they do this with Hitler. Let's just ignore it. It's okay. It'll just go away. Well, it, no. It's not going to go away. You think the Muslims got a have huge gone problem. too far, and I don't mean the whole It's the perception of the Muslims. I know that's not, you know, 100% everybody marching to be the same drummer. But in a sense, do you think the Muslims have gone too far with Charlie Hebdo? Oh, God, you they did. They went crazy time. And they took credit for it. Now there's, there's all kinds of responses from... You know, countries like uh, Yemen. Uh, this is a group, this is good, and the leaders are weak. And and uh, you know, this and this is uh, this is a huge. It doesn't. All Muslims are not bad. Let me make that perfectly clear. But but there's such a large group of Muslims that it, if you have 10 percent at crazy time, if you have one percent, it's a million six. Yeah. I mean, 10 percent is 16 million. Are we? Is the United States perfect? No, I want to say something. I want to say something else too. And I want to make you sure got 15 people, seconds. Nowhere in the world can I sit here and criticize the government. You couldn't do this, USA watchdog, Russia watchdog, and Russia and criticize Putin. You couldn't have China watchdog and criticize the leadership there. You couldn't have uh, you know Muslim watchdog and criticize the Imams. You couldn't do it. You could do that in America. Nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. America's not all bad. There's my 15 seconds. I agree. Greg, thanks very much. We always appreciate having you on the program. I want to thank all of you folks for listening and invite you to visit usawatchdog.com. Greg Hunter. I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Greg Hunter, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye.
and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret All right, everybody. Wow, you're right exactly where you're supposed to be and just when you're supposed to be. And that is Freedom Call on American Voice Radio. 
and my name is Bo Brights. I'm your host for this hour. My purpose is through experience, and uh, if needs be, your help and research, I straighten out add two stories that uh, should be of interest to you, whether they be international or local, because you just 15-second soundbite doesn't get it. And uh, politically biased uh, newspapers, which they all are, uh, they don't get it either. And so having uh, served most of my adult life in positions uh, behind the veil of national security, uh, for example, I was the intelligence officer, reconnaissance chief, the Delta Force. Uh, I ran special uh, intelligence operations. Uh, I had an army of Cambodians during the Vietnam War. Uh, I was on the Army General Staff as the chief of special activities. I was the uh, also in the office of the Secretary of Defense in uh, Defense Security Agency. And, uh, wow, you look into uh, what these offices are and do, and you see that there is a very wide span. And as part of my duties in Defense uh, Security Agency, I was Chief of Congressional Relations, uh, which covered both the House and the Senate. So, and wow, while I was on the Army General Staff uh, and General William C. Westmoreland, uh, a wonderful, intelligent, good-looking man who was head of the military forces in Vietnam, the first part of the war, uh, he uh, then moved on to become the chief of staff of the Army. Uh, prior to that, he was uh, commanding general of the 101st Airborne. As a colonel, he commanded the 187. Uh, airborne Regimental Task Force that jumped into Korea on two combat jumps. Westmoreland was Commandant of West Point. Uh, He loved elite soldiers. That was good for me. Now, when Westmoreland retired, uh, I was honored by being featured in his memoirs as the American soldier And it was uh, because of a couple of uh, special ops that he thought uh, were exceptional. And he used them uh, spanning World War II, Korea, and Vietnam as examples of uh, courage, ingenuity, uh, making the uh, impossible routine, miracles on demand, Now, the man that took his place as chief of staff of the Army uh, was uh, Abrams. Clank, clank, I'm a tank, uh, was his nickname. And uh, he hated special forces. Colonel Rowe, who was a special forces group commander uh, in Vietnam, lied to Creighton Abrams. He should not have done so. Uh, And I wouldn't have. I worked with a four-star generals over there, and uh, I have in uh, certain debriefings, where a debriefing is where now you go over an 
covert in nature. And now during the uh, the starting, you tell your mighty chiefs exactly how you see uh, doing this opera. In many cases, they don't want to know how you do it. I've been told, Bo, we don't want to know. We just want to know uh, that you did. But in other occasions, they are of such high visibility that uh, they then, when they're over, have a debriefing. And there is where the staff is invited in to pick apart the actual conduct of the operation so they can uh, have lessons learned and see what you accomplished and what you did right and wrong. And I have, during these debriefings, uh, been stopped by four-star generals, uh, and I have been, uh, the staff was told to take a break. I've been asked to step outside, and in one case, uh, General William Westmoreland said, Bo, you've just got to be very careful what you say uh, to my staff. They don't understand the concepts and the necessities in combat of guerrilla forces where you don't have any support, like you can't transfer prisoners of war to military police uh, for security, movement, containment, interrogation, etc. And so you uh, need to understand that uh, these staff officers are not uh, experienced in your kind of warfare. And I've asked, I've said, General, do you want me to lie to your staff? And he said, no, 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 Bo, I'm not going to tell you to lie. And uh, uh, he was a man of, of honor. And other four-star generals that I've known over there were also men of honor. And in, in both, and on these cases, they said, no, don't lie. Just be smart about how you answer. And so... Uh, I was. Now, what happened is General Creighton Abrams, uh, commanding general of the war in Vietnam, uh, called uh, Colonel Rowe, who was the 5th Group Commander, and just asked him uh, in plain talk, did you murder uh, a double agent? Well, now, why would General Abrams give a hoot about an agent who was working for us that was also working for the communists? Of course, if we had a lot of agents that we employed, that this uh, could be the case. If we found that someone was a double agent, then, of course, uh, they are going uh, to forfeit their life. Why is a four-star general with 500,000 Americans over there concerned about the Vietnamese, uh, who is really at heart a communist and doing us harm? Well, anyway, Abrams asked Roe. Roe lied and said no. Abrams arrested Colonel Roe and his staff and had them put in Long Bin Jail, LBJ. And LBJ was president then. <laughs> and so, jeez, it was a mess because uh, there I was, 
when General Abrams took over as chief of staff of the Army, the only special forces soldier. Now, how would you know? Because special forces are the only ones that have both sides of the chest on your uniform covered and decorations and qualification badges and for this and that, foreign awards. And uh, he just looked at me, and Abrams had awarded me a Legion of Merit for crying out loud, you know, himself before he knew who I was. But he had one, took one look at me and said, I have nothing to say to you. So uh, the Army sent me to school, and I got a, a master's degree in communication, and it was during the uh, Tricky Dick uh, Watergate. And they, they got rid of the vice president, who was the governor of Maryland, and uh, for being uh, corrupt. Well, all the governors, you know, they get a kickback from all these big contractors. I mean, look at how little governors generally make of the states. You could understand that. Well, anyway, they got rid of him. And uh, <clears throat> then uh, we got a guy uh, that nobody ever voted for uh, as our vice president. And the next thing you know, Ford became president because Watergate washed away Tricky Dick. And then Ford turned around and appointed a big banker that nobody had ever voted for. And uh, we had a president, a vice president, that not a single American had voted for. And Squeaky Fromm starts shooting at uh, Gerald Ford. It's a good thing that Ford uh, fell down a lot. You know, Ford had been a football player in college, so he got used to dodging and he'd fall down. And, you know, it's harder to hit a moving target. So Squeaky missed him. Otherwise, we could have been in real trouble with a banker running this country. So uh, I was giving you some of my background to know the things that I know. Now, uh, we know that the biggest uh, tragedy uh, here since the holidays uh, was in Tucson, Arizona, where uh, a young uh, three times elected Democrat, which shows that she was very popular, a young uh, Jewish lady by the name of, uh, they called her Gabby, Gabriella, a beautiful name, Gifford. She had, because uh, you could vote for Congress people every two years. So she had served two tours, and she got elected when most Democrats went down and was replaced by Republicans. Well, uh, this Congresswoman Gifford was reelected in Tucson. And so she was doing uh, rather unique. I think she kind of uh, took it off, and maybe not. Maybe this was original with her. But, you know, the Tea Party started holding these the town forums and this kind of stuff. Well, uh, Miss Gifford was having uh, Congress on the street, <laughs> and she was having a meeting. Uh, with constituents and uh, people she'd invited. There was a federal judge 
who came and was killed. There were little children, a little nine-year-old girl uh, was killed. And, of course, they were killed uh, by uh, this man who a lot of people say, well, uh, Jared Lee uh, Loeffner was uh, deeply mentally insane. Uh, and I, I agree. He certainly acted as if he was insane. His statement was, what good is government if words have no meaning? And uh, it was it has become obvious that uh, Jared Loeffner and uh, Congresswoman Gifford had some communication prior to uh, this massacre that occurred in Tucson. And uh, we know there was some communication because while the police had five times uh, been involved uh, with uh, this Jared Loeffner uh, at Pima is the county there that Tucson is in. Pima Community College was a school that he was going to, and on five different occasions, he had uh, gotten basically out of control and uh, was emotionally upset to the point where they had uh, armed officers to come in to quiet him down. And so this is a pretty good case, I think, for uh, his inability to control his feelings. Now, you have to wonder, how does a guy like this uh, get hold of a gun? Well, you know, he may not legally. I don't know. We haven't gone there yet. But he uh, did have a Glock 15. Now, a Glock is a semi-automatic, mainly plastic uh, weapon. As a matter of fact, under uh, this was back in the uh, 80s when the Glock came out. It was thought to be invisible because at the level of the metal detector that we had in those days, you could actually uh, take a Glock apart and you could get it through a metal detector and the uh, observers uh, wouldn't put it together because uh, so many pieces of the Glock are, are non-metallic. I used, I chose the Glock to train the Afghan Mujahideen uh, when we were training them in the 80s to uh, kick the Russians out of Afghanistan. It wasn't because the Glock is a good weapon. I personally, it's plastic. The trigger is plastic. Other parts are plastic. Plastic means that with heat, with humidity, with use, with pressures involving uh, exploding of gunpowder and high-velocity expulsion of, uh, of bullets, this is not going to last long. So you don't get a Glock uh, to, let's say, use as a range gun where it's going to be fired uh, a couple hundred times a day. 
it's very poor choice. But I chose Glock to train the Afghan because it's very boxy. And uh, the key to training anyone to hit the target with uh, every shot, that's called gun control, is the front sight. And so with the Glock, you have this big, boxy, square front sight, and you have this uh, open-windowed, square rear sight, and it's really hard not to be able to look down uh, the length of the pistol and say, oh, here's the rear sight, ah, there's the front sight, there's the target, bang. And so uh, a Glock is very common. But, again, it isn't the weapon of choice of uh, professionals. Anyway, he had this, uh, and he uh, went in. He used taxis to go everywhere he was going on the morning that uh, he shot 20 people. Six of them he shot to death, including a federal judge, and not including uh, Congressman Gifford, who he shot through the head. This is a 9-millimeter parabellum uh, Glock. Now, the 9-millimeter parabellum is the same thing that the Luger used during World War II and the P-38 uh, standard German uh, machine gun, light submachine gun, and pistol rounds. And so the the 9 millimeter is used by a lot of uh, police forces. But rather than uh, drive his car around, uh, for some reason, uh, he, uh, the night before, stayed at a motel. All right, now he actually gets in his car at 7.30 uh, in the morning, and he runs a red light in Tucson, and he's given a warning. Now, he's got a black bag in the vehicle, uh, which was noticed by the police. Uh, Jared Loeffner goes into Walmart. And uh, he the first Walmart he stopped at, they wouldn't sell him the ammunition. But he bought a, he went to another Walmart, they're plentiful, as you know, also known as China Mart. And uh, he bought uh, ammunition uh, for his 9-millimeter Glock. And uh, then uh, everywhere uh, else that he traveled uh, that day, he took a taxi cab. And uh, I, we have, I've heard it. <laughs> I've seen it, that this looks like it might be MK Ultra. We talked about, uh, I just opened the door for that yesterday uh, on Freedom Call. And I mentioned to you, and, and so let me try to get my arms without spending uh, too much time here, because we need to advance the story to the max degree. i got a lot of things I want to tell you today. But when you go back and look at the CIA, and uh, you remember uh, Eisenhower? Well, uh, John Foster Dulles was his Secretary of State. And now this is back in the 50s, late 50s. And then Kennedy won. See, Ike spent eight years as president. He had 
Tricky Dick as his vice president. And then in the election of 1960, November of 1960, Kennedy won. Well, prior to this, uh, we had J. Edgar, uh, Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover was head of the FBI. Uh, we had Dulles uh, was uh, Secretary of State. Well, the Dulles brother was in the OSS during World War II and was actually kind of the first uh, director of central intelligence. And uh, Dulles was totally obsessed with a development of a Manchurian candidate. Now, this was deep into the Cold War, and there was all kinds. At this time, there was no law against uh, taking the life of a, uh, of a emerging nation's head of state like uh, Patrice Lumumba. And, uh, oh, just so many I can't even, I won't even bother to take time to, to give you a review of them. You remember these third world emerging nations. I mean, they came and they fell. Well, uh, we were looking for a perfect uh, Manchurian candidate, someone who could... Uh, leave the government blameless, and yet commit murder. Now, as a person who was an instructor at the L.A. Hypnosis uh, Institute, uh, I can guarantee a couple of things. One is they say that uh, a woman, uh, for example, cannot be made to do anything under hypnosis that she wouldn't uh, do normally in the conscious mind. That is, those are sweet words, but they're not the truth. Let me give you a quick example, because I'm leading up to uh, what about as close as the CIA ever came to a Manchurian candidate. Uh, you uh, put a, a female in uh, deep hypnosis, uh, some non-ballistic state at least, that means she's uh, amnesiac at that point, uh, she uh, cannot. She can be made not to remember. And uh, you tell her she's come in from work, and you uh, have her go through the motions of locking the doors, of taking the telephone off the hook, of running a nice hot uh, bath, and uh, making sure that everything is secure and all right, and then getting into the bath and just relaxing and enjoying uh, such an event. Well, she wouldn't dare think about wearing her clothes, and so you can have her totally uh, immersed in a virtual and imaginary uh, bath, and she will naturally uh, disrobe in order uh, to get in. See, being hypnosed, when it first uh, happened, there was a guy named Braid, and he hollered out in England, that's hypnose, uh, which uh, in the language means that's sleep. But, uh, <laughs> friends, you do not have to be catatonic or asleep. You can be running down the beach uh, with eyes wide open and be 
totally deep in hypnosis. Uh, I won't take time right now because I noticed it was coming up uh, here for a break, but the idea, how do you get a Manchurian candidate? You, How do you have a man, uh, one more step, to commit suicide? You tell the man that he is on the beach, that you're walking down the beach with your shoes off, you can feel the water, uh, and he he thinks this is actually happening. And you just have him walk right off of a balcony or out of a motel room. And he falls for 10 or 15 floors and is dead. Nobody touched him. Well, uh, all of these pieces uh, build up to people who, and I mentioned uh, using my mom just a little experiment without her knowing it, about uh, instead of coffee, she told my children that what I'd rather have is a good cigar, just to show you how a you can give a suggestion, and then they forget that suggestion until it's given, and then they 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 don't know what they're doing. They will carry out those orders. So in this case, we shouldn't rule out uh, law there's. Uh, association, and I'll get right back to that and a lot of other news. So please be patient, stay with American Voice Radio, especially Freedom Call, will you? And coming right back. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guide today. Freeze Dry Guide at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guide at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. 
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us or under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Militiamen that look really stupid. 
and they're holding a little dead baby, and you can tell the baby's dead because of arms, legs, and the black marks, you know, on the face. And it says uh, militia on uh, a name tag going across. Each one of these guys was wearing, you know, like uh, baseball caps, like they were in a militia. They said, we done good, huh? Gee, man. And then the fact is, is that <laughs> that the purpose, the person who did all of this thing, Timothy McVeigh, he was never a part of any militia. Now he did have some connections with the Church of Elohim, which is up on the Arkansas border near Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we never did go there because there's as many government agents that infiltrate. Uh, places like the Church of Elohim, but uh, the head of that church was due to be executed, and he was uh, listening and laughing to the radio as uh, the bomb was being reported, uh, and he made the statement that he had won. So he knew all about uh, Tim McVeigh, and Tim McVeigh was uh, seen uh, with these guys in the Church of Elohim, I'm not talking, this is not a story about Tim McVeigh. Uh, this story, of course, uh, we're focused on is out of Tucson, not Oklahoma City. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the president says, because Clinton was president at the time of the Oklahoma City bombing, and he uh, laid it on. I mean, therefore, uh, there were uh, preparedness expos. Uh, and as I mentioned, constitutional study groups. Uh, there were legal, uh, second uh, Title X, U.S. Code militias. And there's nothing wrong with those, as long as they are not uh, for criminal activity and breaking the laws of the United States. And uh, so therefore, right after the Oklahoma City bombing, my gosh, if you were even a Christian, uh, you were labeled, you know, some kind of harebrained right-wing nut. Well, here we sort of go back. Now, I mentioned, and then I went over this too fast, so I'm going to just back up a little bit. Uh, CIA operations all have a designator, and it's like RZ was the designator uh, for uh, an area of operation that where the team down in Mexico uh, was trained that killed Kennedy, and their code name was RZ Rifle. Well, the code name for the Manchurian candidate was MK, which actually, uh, I believe, probably stood for the Ontario. It doesn't have to be a single city, but it's a geographical area because they had the Memorial uh, uh, Psychiatric Hospital up there where they uh, did a lot of experimentation, almost all of the, uh, the Manchurian candidate uh, research, development, experimentation was done uh, up in the uh, Canadian area. So MK Ultra was the, uh, so you have a, a term, MK Ultra. Now, uh, this is no fool in Newland. Uh, 
you can go back to the congressional record. I mean, now this is public record that, uh, yes, they have admitted there really was an MK Ultra, and, yes, they've really admitted, uh, just like Operation Lack, uh, and that you meant large area coverage, that they dropped cadmium sulfide on 40 states that uh, are east of the Rocky Mountains, and it was out of Utah. They called it uh, Operation Black, which stood for large area coverage, and they wanted to see what would happen if the Soviets were to drop, or any other enemy, uh, a chemical or a biological agent. Uh, cadmium sulfide will kill you. Uh, and it certainly makes me so they can say, tell how effective something is by the uh, disease that occurs in the wake. So would you approve of your government flying uh, what has been now uh, you know, uh, sometimes accurately and probably most times not accurately chemtrails uh, that are contrails, but uh, chemtrails when they were dropping? cadmium sulfide. They admitted to it. And so they've admitted to MK Ultra. Now, let me give you another example. Have you ever thought about uh, when, uh, what, what kind of religion is Cuba? Well, we all know that Cuba is Catholic as a country. Well, uh, hmm, let me now bring up something that would be contradictory. Uh, what kind of religion uh, did Castro have uh, in his government? Uh, what kind of religion do the communists embrace? Uh, they're atheists. There is no God. It's only government. God uh, sees, created us. We created government. No, no, not to the commies. Uh, government, uh, you know, creates the people. <laughs> so, uh, let me ask you something that maybe you have forgotten about, but something which, uh, as a young uh, lieutenant in special forces uh, during a Bay of Pigs operation, there was an operation, Pedro Pan. Now, Pedro, everybody knows that. What is that in English? Peter. So what is Peter Pan? Well, a, I didn't even think about it. I knew there was an Operation uh, Peter Pan. And what Operation Peter Pan did was they got children out of Cuba, 40,000 children, uh, by the Catholic Church helping the CIA to bring children, not the parents, <laughs> to bring children, Cuban children, that the parents did not want to see them brought up under communism. The Catholic Church ferreted them just like uh, the Underground Railroad of the Civil War. And the CIA, of course, had the operation set up, and it was codenamed Peter Pan. Well, ask yourself, what happened? Now, this was during this uh, max effort at a Manchurian candidate. I personally, <laughs> this is the gospel according to Bo, that I personally believe that uh, uh, not all of them, but some of the uh, Peter Pan, they were screened. My gosh, it's like a uh, professional hypnotist 
will screen a crowd to pick out the people that he's going to use in his demonstration. You don't want to get somebody that's going to be resistant. So I believe that uh, Pedro Pan, you got 40,000 candidates. You screen them, and some of them uh, go uh, to uh, as candidates for Manchur, the Manchurian candidate. Well, now once uh, you and I know what the formula would be. So once you have this model, now uh, what would be your percentage if you got a certain kind of personality and you uh, standardize your process and you uh, you work, let's say, uh, with 100 candidates, I would say that you could easily count on 60% of the 100 candidates being graduates, meaning that they walk out of there uh, primed as Manchurian candidates. Now, as time goes by and experiences in life, uh, you're going to lose some of these. But I would say you would still have a rather high percentage that would retain uh, these subconscious instructions. And each one of them could have uh, a mission. And so what am I saying about this guy, Jared uh, Longer? It's just strange that, one, he is, uh, his mother is Jewish, and he claims to be an atheist. Uh, but do you find it interesting that uh, it's a rather small synagogue? There's only about 150 people uh, in this uh, because it's kind of a revised, you know, the Judaism has the same uh, types of uh, the problems that Christianity, that Islam have. You have these different uh, ideas. Uh, and so there is a revised, and apparently uh, there is a, uh, for example, a female rabbi, uh, which you don't see very often, uh, that uh, was the uh, Gabriel Giffords rabbi. And uh, Amy, who is Jared Bothner's mother, and uh, Congressman Gifford attended the same synagogue. Now, there's another point that, uh, I, again, I like talking to Frank during the breaks because uh, he uh, comes in with an interesting uh, uh, spin, you know, an interesting observation from a different side than I do typically. And he said, Bo, have we forgotten that there was a federal judge that was murdered? And there was a little girl. Well, where is the attention? The attention is on the little girl and on the congresswoman being shot. Now, she is stable. She is improving. And they have, they say, 101% assurance that she's going to continue uh, her progress of healing. Hallelujah. Well, where do you hear anything about the judge <laughs> who was shot dead? Now, what was this judge's assignments? Was there anything there that might tie? In other words, does this Jared Lee Loeffner, 
could he just be insane? Or could there be something more to it than that? Well, uh, before, because see, uh, we'll need to watch now at, at what the president has to say. Because uh, in Clinton's time, it led to a catastrophic wound uh, to the patriot movement. Constitutional groups suddenly became anti-American. The militia dried up, uh, just like a spider on a hot stove. And uh, even if you were Christian, people looked at you like, uh-oh, uh, maybe we should be careful you not going to blow up the federal building, are you? So what we're what I'm saying is, let's keep uh, the hand open, and let's. It is interesting, isn't it, that all of a sudden, uh, when you take a second look, you begin to see. And why would this intelligent, good-looking, articulate, obviously popular uh, young? Uh, Jewish woman, why would she subscribe to this psychopath, this idiot, Jared Loeffler's YouTube site? I don't subscribe to anybody's YouTube site. So, uh, and there is this message. What good is government when words have no meaning? Well, all right. Anyway, I leave that because there there are other things, and I want to be able to make sure that uh, we cover some of these other uh, things. As a matter of fact, Mike Jackson's a doctor. Remember, he had his preliminary hearing. Well, he is going to face trial for involuntary manslaughter. I think the fact that he walked out of the room, I think the fact that he was on the cell phone, uh, when he should have been with his patient. I think the fact that he apparently either didn't know or wouldn't try to uh, resuscitate Michael Jackson. You, when you push with one hand on a person in bed, all they do is spring up and down. And so the, the, the person uh, on 911 said, put him on the floor where you've got something to compress against. Anyway, he is going to come before a jury. And I think that uh, he should. And I believe that that is good. All right, now, uh, and Obama and Michelle are in Tucson, and they will be speaking at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time. And just uh, remember what Clinton said and uh, give a, an ear to what Obama might say that might affect our liberties. Kind of interesting. Now then, uh, I want to, to to mention this, and boy, there's so many uh, stories out here. Uh, let me bring this uh, to light. There was a driver, a pregnant woman. She had a one uh, year, I'm sorry, one month old baby in the back seat of the car. She was, uh, they had been stopped on a regular traffic stop. As the driver got out, this pregnant woman slipped over behind the wheel and uh, roared off. Well, the police, uh, this happens around St. Louis. 
Uh, and so the police uh, take after her. This is actually in a little town of Jennings. And she is going 100 miles an hour in residential areas. She almost runs into a school bus going on the, on the wrong side of the road. She drives down the wrong side of a divided highway. She uh, runs into a police car. Uh, the pursuing uh, police uh, put down a, a, a stop strip, which has the spikes, and uh, as the car passes, a uh, policeman that put out the spike strip uh, fires his pistol. He doesn't hit the, the wheels, the tires of the vehicle, but he reports that he's firing his pistol at the tires. Well, they catch the woman, and I said that one month is just not true. One year old baby in the back seat. Anyway, uh, the policeman is disciplined. He's fired. He loses his badge because he discharged his weapon uh, when his life, even though the woman come roaring through there at an outrageous speed and had hit speeds of 100 miles an hour uh, in a residential uh, section and could have caused the death of any number of people, uh, I think I had to pull my pistol out and, uh, and, and used it, but the guy had the spike stripped down. Anyway, he is the focus. Uh, his name is David Hawk, H-A-U-C-K, and he has had to resign. Uh, they charging the woman uh, with endangerment of a child, duh, and, uh, you know, with some other minor, I mean, 100 miles an hour in a residential area, I think that woman would be in jail for a long time. And here is something that, uh, maybe you should be reminded of if you have uh, possibly just irresponsible or, or grandchildren that aren't thinking, this kind of thing. Listen to what happened to this this baby, four months old, is in a crib. At 2.30 in the morning, the mother hears the baby crying. She gets up to see what's going on and uh, awakens her husband screaming and yelling because the pet ferret has chewed off seven of the baby's fingers, leaving him with his two thumbs and part of a pinky. Now, to me, uh, this, of course, is just, this is in Missouri. So it's not an excuse. Maybe if it was Texas or something. But Missouri is not an excuse. This, this is outrageous. Of course, the woman and the man are being looked at now. And uh, they are advising that the Shriners uh, have a hospital not far from Missouri where they could uh, transpose uh, some of the baby's toes and try to replace some of the uh, seven fingers because just having a thumb, four months old. Now the dad grabbed the ferret and threw it against the wall and killed it. 
Friends, that doesn't make any difference, does it? And so uh, what I'm saying is if you have pets and you have babies that are new in your life, make sure that the pets, uh, which are mature but have sharp teeth, and they may see a little baby and think, hmm, I mean, you can, uh, you hate to, to think a pet would do, but you know, I can see there are some of these birds. Uh, there are, uh, you know, rats, there are cats, there's, uh, look at any pet, and with a, an infant, make sure that the pet is in a cage or the infant is protected. I think this is one of the most horrible stories that I've heard. All right, I wanted to, because it's, uh, we're getting late into the hour, uh, I want to give you some uh, some kind of fun things that maybe you can uh, ponder so I don't leave you <laughs> with this horrible scene. Anyway, uh, if you look at words and trans uh, people that like to you know, play word games, Presbyterians, what can you make out of that? Best in prayer. You can arrange those letters. Astronomer. What can you make out of that? See, this is one of your emails that, to me that I enjoy opening that kind of helps me relax in the day, so I'm offering it to you as part of a Freedom Call. Astronomer, Moonstarer. All right, how about the desperation? A rope ends it. That's right. The eyes. What can you make? They see. How about, the, I like this one. George Bush, <laughs> he bugs gore is what you can make of that. The Morris Code, remember, did it, did it, did it? Well, here is, here comes dots. <laughs> That's what we always call the, the, well, dots and dashes. Dormitory, dirty room, slot machine. Cash lost in me. How about election results? Lies. Let's recount. The earthquake. That queer shake. Fighting full. 11 plus 2 equal 12 plus 1. <laughs> Mother-in-law. The last one. Woman Hitler. Oh, I don't believe that. All right. Thank you for being patient and listening uh, to Freedom Call. Stay with American Voice Radio. It's just going to get better, please. I'll see you, God willing, tomorrow. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the green parade Train to live off nature's land Trained in combat and a Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for 
$139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk about today 
is uh, a little bit, well, I got so much stuff, but I want to start with dairy products. And basically, for the longest time, I have found it so disturbing that there's people out there that work really hard to prevent the truth about the dairy industry from getting out. There are people who say there's no difference between conventional dairy and organic dairy products. There's people that say that drinking milk does the body good no matter what kind you buy. And there's people who say there's no difference if the cow ate GMOs or grass or grains. For me, having been on the air since 1981, I like to know the truth about what I'm eating. And that's why I, I spend so much time researching about our food system and basically why I, I've dedicated my life to share the information I uncover. Because I know that there's a lot of you guys that are buying dairy products and eating dairy products. I mean, the, we're talking about billions of gallons being sold every year. And I feel that it's crucial that you know the main reasons why if you insist on eating dairy that you choose only organic milk if you choose to consume dairy. And those guidelines apply to all dairy products, be it butter, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, whey protein, whatever, because it's shoved into our minds since infancy, that milk does a body good and that we need three big glasses a day for calcium and strong bones. But the question is, is that really the case? So there are several reasons why to choose only organic. Because if you are not choosing only organic, you're compromising your health. If you cannot get organic, do not consume dairy. There's a lot of big conventional dairies in the U.S. that are injecting their cows with synthetic growth hormones that have been invented by Monsanto to increase milk production despite the evidence to show that it could lead to higher levels of cancer-causing hormones in your body. Now, the growth hormones have been shown to cause other infections, otherwise known as mastitis, and requires the use of antibiotics. So the Scientific Committee on Animal Health and Animal Welfare in the European Union reported that growth hormones create foot problems, mastitis, and reproductive disorders in the cows. And they concluded that the hormones should not be used. So just for your information, those hormones are banned in Europe, Norway, Switzerland, New Zealand, Japan, Canada, and the Cancer Prevention Coalition filed a petition with the EPA I mean, with the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, 
requesting a ban of them in the U.S., but of course, the FDA has done absolutely nothing because they're all hookers for the biotech industry. So the reason why organic is better is because growth hormones are not permitted to be given to cows that produce organic milk. That's number one. Number two, can you believe that almost all of the antibiotics in the United States, which is about 80% now, are fed to farm animals? And it's not because the animals are sick. It's because they have low levels. Their constant low levels of antibiotics require more just to fatten them up. So in addition, they're commonly given antibiotics to treat their other infections. And the conventionally raised cows are more likely to get those infections than organically grown cows, especially when they're given Monsanto's growth hormones. So this incredible overuse of antibiotics in farm animals is contributing to the increased antibiotic resistance and creating a major human health crisis. Do you understand that overuse and misuse of antibiotics in food animals is a major source of the antibiotic-resistant bacteria that is infecting humans, which leads to infections that are difficult to treat and sometimes impossible to cure? And if you don't do something about it now, your medicine cabinet will be empty and you will not have the antibiotics you need to save lives. So reason number two why organic is better is because the organically grown cows are less likely to get other infections. And the antibiotics are not given to healthy cows that produce organic milk. Because if an organic cow gets sick and needs antibiotic, it gets the treatment, but it's removed from production. So its milk is not sold as organic. And the regulations require that sick cows are not to be denied treatment. Every time you buy a carton of conventional milk, you are helping to line the pockets of the biotech companies, which is why conventional milk has been affectionately labeled Monsanto milk. So this whopping 90% of all genetically modified soybeans are fed to farm animals. So the biotech companies like Monsanto, DuPont, and Dow, they are spending enormous amounts of money to deny your right to know if GMOs are in your food. And any time you buy a product that was produced with GMOs, you are helping to fund their campaign. So buying Monsanto milk 
is no different than buying a box of genetically modified General Mills corn checks, which is another company that's funding the anti-labeling campaigns. And why is organic better? Again, because cows that produce organic milk only eat 100% organic food, which prohibits GMOs. Most dairy cows are living their lives on a genetically modified diet, which is not healthy for them. And studies that were not funded by the biotech industry has shown that genetically modified feed damages intestines and peripheral immune systems can cause reproductive problems and tumors. And farmers that have switched to non-GMO animal food are reporting that their animals are healthier and that grass-fed cows are the healthiest overall, requiring less drugs to treat disease. Now, you have to understand that a cow's gut is best suited for a grass diet. I mean, that's how, that's how they were created. And the starchy grain diet upset their stomachs by making acidic. And the acidic environment fosters the growth of disease, and animals are given more dangerous drugs to compensate. So you take a corn diet, which can give a cow acidosis, causing this kind of a bovine heartburn, which in some cases can kill the cow, but usually just makes it sick. And the acidotic animals go off their feed. They pant. They salivate excessively. They paw at their bellies, and they eat dirt. And the condition, the acidosis, can lead to diarrhea, ulcers, bloating, liver disease, and a general weakening of the immune system that leaves the animal vulnerable to everything from pneumonia to feedlot polio. So another reason why organic is better is that cows that produce organic milk eat only 100% organic food, which prohibits GMOs, synthetic pesticides, plastic pellets for roughage, and byproducts from the slaughterhouses. Now, what are the byproducts from the slaughterhouses? It's all the crap that they get up off the floor, which they can't sell. Those are called byproducts. The organic cows are also required to graze on organic pastures for the entire grazing season, which is at least 120 days a year, and to, release, to receive at least 30% of its feed from the pasture. And some organic dairies feed their cows 100% grass. So all you have to do is to ask to find out. Now, the grassy pastures are better for the topsoil than the GMO crops, crops like soy and corn. Because the GMO crops have shallow roots that are depleting the topsoil faster than the earth can replenish it. Okay, grass often has deep roots that are about 10 feet deep, and this helps to draw nutrients up into the topsoil. So 
So a cow that is raised in a factory farm on a diet of mostly grains and GMOs produces unmanageable amounts of manure that pollute the water and the air. And you wonder why we have global warming? So another reason for organic being better is that the grass-fed cows produce manure in amounts suitable for fertilizing the land, which improves the quality of our air, the quality of our water. And when the cows are fed grass, you greatly reduce the transportation costs for feed. Now, another interesting thing that you need to know about manure is that manure is rich in the mineral sulfur. When the Rockefellers, because they felt they weren't making enough money, number one, and because they wanted to reduce the population, number two, when they switched to the petrochemical fertilizers under the guise of speeding up farming and making it so that the farmers don't have to shovel doo-doo so much, it killed the sulfur cycle worldwide, and it eliminated the one essential mineral that kept people in good health. With that gone, disease became rampant. And the only way you can get sulfur back into your diet is with organic sulfur crystals, and we can talk about that later. Now, conventional dairy cows are fed crops that have been genetically engineered to resist resist the spraying of herbicides, and the use of those chemicals has gone way up, whereby the total amount of Roundup applied to genetically modified crops increased tenfold from 1996 to 2012. And the residues from the herbicides, guess where they end up? In your food, including the food of the dairy cows. So the primary ingredient in Roundup glyphosate has been found in the breast milk of lactating women. So what does that suggest? It suggests that the glyphosate eaten by the cows also ends up in their milk. And research showed that glyphosate residues in the urine of the genetically modified fed cows has been shown that drugs fed to dairy cows end up in their milk. And I sincerely doubt that the industry is regularly testing milk for herbicide residues. And if the milk is not tested, for glyphosate residues, does anyone guess how much of it ends up in the milk that you drink from the store? An ingestion of glyphosate residues has been linked to kidney disease, gastrointestinal disorders, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, depression, autism, infertility, cancer, Alzheimer's, and birth defects. And all this can be reversed if you stop eating GMOs and you start ingesting organic sulfur. I am serious. So another reason why organic is better is because the synthetic pesticides and the herbicides like Roundup are prohibited 
on the 100% organic feed that the cows graze on that produce organic milk. So let's say you want to get more nutrition. Well, basically, as Patricia Bragg says, you are what you eat. And most conventional cows are not fed diets that produce the healthiest milk. So you have a diet that contains excessive amounts of corn, which leads to an unhealthy amount of omega-6 fatty acids, which carries over to their milk. It's important to have a proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. And most processed foods contain mostly omega-6 fatty acids, throwing the ratio way off. So what does that mean? Well, excessive amounts of omega-6 fatty acids and a very high omega-6 to omega-3 ratio promotes the oncoming of many diseases, including cardiovascular disease, cancer, and inflammatory autoimmune diseases. And studies found healthier fat ratios in organic milk as well as more antioxidants, higher levels of beneficial fats like linoleic acid have been shown to reduce body fat and lessen your risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer. So why is organic better again? Because the organically grown cows are required to graze on grasses at least one-third of the year which improves the nutritional quality of their milk. The dairy products from the grass-fed cows have been shown to have an improved omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, higher levels of beneficial fats, and more antioxidants. So why or how do you choose the best organic milk? Well, some of the organic milk in the grocery stores is ultra-high temperature pasteurized, believe it or not. And you'll find it labeled on the carton, and it's easy to spot. It says UHT, and the UHT milk has been so heavily heated. We're talking, you know, maybe 250, 300 degrees that nearly any of the health benefits are gone. So why drink it? Seriously. I believe that 100% grass-fed raw dairy is the best. And if it's available to you locally, raw dairy products are alive and have all their probiotics, their vitamins, and their enzymes, including phosphatase, which is necessary to properly absorb the calcium in the milk. But you have a problem because the USDA has instituted raids on organic raw milk products. And why have they done that? Because it works. And because they're hookers. For the, for, for, the, for the agencies, for the dairy industry, for the grocery manufacturers associations, for the cattlemen's association. <clears throat> they don't want you to be healthy. They want to sell their products, and they don't give a damn if you get sick or die as long as the money's coming in. Now, let's say you want to find a place that serves raw milk. Go to the raw milk website 
And if you can't get raw, look for the USDA organic symbol and grass-fed. And if you don't have grass-fed, at least go for certified organic. And the best way to make sure that you're getting truly organic is to buy directly from local dairies if they're still in existence. And if you can find one, get to know these guys in your area and ask them questions until you can find a dairy that you trust. And you can find local grass-fed dairies on the database of Eat Wild, but not all listed are organic. So personally, I don't eat dairy products. Why? Because I'm lactose intolerant. Okay, that's it. I, I that that that's me. Okay, but there was a, a public a, a letter a, a paper published, written by some Harvard pediatrician that said humans have no nutritional requirement for animal milk. If you need to get absorbable calcium, you can get it from green leafy greens, nuts, seeds beans and legumes, and the vitamin D that you get in milk is only there because it's fortified with it, so it's no different than taking a vitamin supplement, and vitamin D is naturally prevalent in salmon, which is full of saturated fat, and egg yolks, which is loaded with excess protein, hemp seeds, and some mushrooms. But the best place to get vitamin D is from that shiny thing that's up in the sky during the day. It, it's also known as the sun, and that's the most and, and most efficient way for you to get vitamin D. So if you have family or friends that are still eating and buying conventional dairy products, talk to them. If we vote with our dollars and choose organic over conventional, we will have an everlasting impact on our health, our environment, and for our future children. And if we go organic as best we can, and no matter what it is, be it milk, be it food, be whatever, we will take the biotech industry and kick them so hard in the butt that the only thing they can do is pay off more politicians to ban anything that's organic. So I want to talk about, oh, you know, most people out there eating processed foods. Personally, I have not eaten a processed food. I, I can't even count the years. But there are some real bad ones out there. And doctors have been telling us that clean eating is the right way to eat. Well, if you can find a doctor that knows anything about nutrition, you're very lucky. But that means that no processed foods should be eaten. Instead, you should eat whole foods, which are the real foods that you find, and they're usually on the perimeter of the store because the processed foods are the foods that are prevalent in the store, and there are any foods that have more than one ingredient and anything that has been processed or made in a factory. 
So the more a food is closer to nature, the healthier it is. I mean, maybe some processed foods that are still healthy, like frozen vegetables, but, you know, they may have added butter, which we now know is not the enemy we once thought it was, or almond or peanut butter, which are processed, but they're, you know, they're, they're healthier processed foods. You know, I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, in most cases, though, the term processed means a food that has been chemically processed, and those foods are usually made from heavily refined ingredients with artificial additives. So, if you want to talk about some, they got these chicken nuggets out there, and they got these fake vegetarian chicken nuggets. And while they're a food that every kid seems to grow up on, you got to avoid them like the plague. Unless, of course, you're making them from scratch at home. You know, but in a restaurant or in the freezer section of the grocery store, the ones that you're going to find are made with large amounts of salt, preservatives, unhealthy fats, GMOs, and MSG. Then you got granola bars. And even though granola bars have been marketed as a healthy snack, they usually have large amounts of high fructose corn syrup, which is genetically modified to make them sweeter. And they're also loaded with salt and preservatives. So you've got to read ingredients. It's important. If you don't read a label, then whatever happens to you is your own fault. Then the favorite of America. French fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all grew up eating French fries, and many people just thrive on them. But the French fries contain a great deal of fat and salt and calories and no value. And then they, because they're heated to over 400 or 500 degrees to fry them, they contain acrylamides, which cause cancer. So you're not getting any nutritive value in French fries. But you can make baked French fries at home out of fresh potatoes. They're healthier. And if you make your own, let me me tell you how to make baked French fries, okay? Actually, I eat them all the time. They're my favorite. I take my potato, I take a sweet potato, and I cut it up so it looks like uh, a French fry stick. Then I take a little bit of coconut oil and I put it on a flat Pyrex dish, just a little to coat the bottom. Then I rub the coconut oil in my hands and I pick up the little sticks and I rub them in my hands just to lightly coat them with coconut oil. Then I lay them out. Okay, now they lay it out. Now I add my favorite spices. I'm not going to tell you what I use because you got your favorites. I got my favorites. So the last thing I put on them is nutritional yeast. And then I put it in the oven, and I don't bake it any higher than 275. Usually it's 250 or 260. And I put it in there maybe for an hour and a half. Yeah, they're they're baked french fries. No, they're not done in five minutes. The longer the better. They don't form acrylamide. And then you take them out, and you put them in a bowl, and I add ketchup because I grew up that way. And they're to die for, man. 
and you don't get sick and you don't get the fat and you don't get the soil and you don't get the cancer causing acrylamide and life is good, baby, good. Okay, then you got store-bought baked goods. When you buy cookies or crackers or cakes or muffins, they're all processed food. It's a fact. And they tend to... uh, be some of the health, biggest health offenders in stores because they have trans fats, which makes them taste better and which is the most harmful for you that you can put in your body. And those processed breads or baked goods also have tons of sugar and salt. So what do I do? What if, what if I want to buy a bagel? What if I want to buy some bread to eat? I only buy... If I make my own pizza, I get the Alvarado pizza crust. It's made from sprouted grains. If I want to eat bread, I get the Ezekiel um, cinnamon raisin bread that I toast beyond belief, or I get I get the uh, Alvarado onion poppy seed bagels because they're made from sprouted grains, and I toast them, and I usually put on coconut oil, or a little bit of uh, unrefined organic uh, olive oil, and then add nutritional yeast, and I call it yeast toast. And I love it, but it's a taste thing, you know. Then the powdered drink mixes, because the powdered drink mixes is basically 100% sugar, and they're full of preservatives and artificial flavors. And if you enjoy getting the plate, then you should eat you know, powdered drink mixes. Okay, let's talk about margarine. Remember when butter used to be the bad guy and everybody switched over to margarine? Well, people were finding out that butter is a better alternative than they actually knew and that margarine is really the bad guy because it's full of trans fats, free radicals and preservatives, which are bad for the body. So instead of using margarine, Instead of using butter, you can use coconut butter or coconut oil, which is way better. Uh, Then America's favorite, potato chips. Uh, Again, loaded with bad fats, preservatives, calories, salt. You you need a crunchy snack? You know, try to, if you have to, get the baked chips or the chips that are made from beans instead of potatoes and then dip them into some homemade hummus to add a healthier kick to it, you know? Okay, how do you make hummus? Well, you go out and buy some organic garbanzo beans, and you soak them overnight, maybe a cup, right? Soak them overnight, and then you go out and you buy, while while they're soaking, you have time to get what you want, so you go out and buy a Meyer lemon if you can find it, but you definitely need a lemon, and you buy a couple of three red bell peppers, and maybe an onion. And then the next day when they're, when the, the, the carbonsomies have gotten bigger and the water is fermented, which is really good for you, uh, you, put, you cut up the red bell peppers, you slice up the onion, chop it up in little pieces, um, put in the Meyer lemon, put in your favorite spices if you like spices, 
Uh, I, I use a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and I put Cajun spice in because I like my stuff spicy. A little bit of cayenne, some garlic powder. Then I dump in the garbanzo beans. Now, they got to be blended up. A regular blender is not going to do it. So you either have to have a Vitamix or a Blendtec. I have a Blendtec. What I do is I, I add some. When this is all sitting in the blender, I add a little bit of um, medium. Well, I spice it up so it's, it's kind of hotter. Salsa. And I put that in. I usually have enough liquid so that when I press my go button and I bring it up to 10, uh, I don't have to add any of the water. If I do, I add a little bit of the water, stop the blender, add a little bit of the fermented water, mix it around so it all blends, and then blend it again. And then I take the hummus, put it in a uh, plastic container, stick it in the fridge, and it becomes a very integral part of my diet that when I make steamed vegetables and stuff like that, I add a little bit of the hummus, a little bit of salsa, mix it around, put in some nutritional yeast, and I'm good. Um, carbonated sodas. Oh, come on, man. You really just want to drink empty calories loaded with sugar? And diet sodas are even worse because it's all, it's, I mean, diet sodas? Made of fake sugar full of aspartame? You've got to be kidding. That raises your blood sugar level. And then the high fructose corn syrup, the genetically modified in sodas, is worse for the body than sugar because it creates dangerous blood sugar spikes that damage your liver. Soda is one of the worst things you can do for your health, really, because the sugary syrup clings to the teeth and gives you tooth decay, cavities. Then the processed meats, the lunch meats and the hot dogs that are loaded with preservatives and artificial flavors and MSG and salt and fillers. Oh, man. That, you know. Then, of course, we got the breakfast cereals. Do you really want that much sugar in your diet? I mean, read the box. Look look for cereals that have low sugar and at least five grams of fiber. Or skip cereal altogether and opt for a healthier a healthier breakfast. I mean, what about a smoothie? Yeah, okay, so it's the middle of the winter and it's five degrees outside and it's minus twenty with the wind chill factor and the last thing you want to do is have a smoothie. But there's always a but. You're living in a house, you got a heater. It could be 75 degrees in your house. A smoothie is not going to kill you. And if worse comes to worse, just turn the heat up a little bit because smoothies are health are really, really healthy. You don't understand how good they are. And you take a smoothie and you add some. Uh, I found this product called Shakeology. And if you want to know more about Shakeology, send me an, an email. To Hesh Goldstein at gmail.com, H E S H G O L D S T E I N at gmail.com. Shakeology is a superfood. It's got 42 superfoods in it. The flavor I like is the vegan chocolate. 42 superfoods go into my smoothie every day. 
It also helps to control your appetite. So let me give you a given day in my life, okay? I'm in three softball leagues. I'm out the door at 8 o'clock in the morning. Before I leave at 8 o'clock in the morning, I take a smoothie. So I'm having my smoothie at maybe between 7.30 and 8. I add in my packet of vegan chocolate, Shakeology, and I drink my smoothie. Then I go and I play nine innings. By the time we're done, the game doesn't start till about 9.30, but I go early so I can stretch and loosen up and all that stuff. Then we play from 9.30 to about 11.30, nine innings of softball. Then I run errands. Then I finally get home. After I check my mail in the P.O. box, I finally get home, and it's around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All I had in all that time was a smoothie. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I am just then starting to get hungry. So the Shakeology is dynamite. They make a vegan strawberry, and they make a, a, a vegan uh, chocolate, and if you don't want the vegan, they use whey protein, and since I don't trust their dairy, because I don't know if it's organic or not, I go with vegan. And you can, like I said, you can find more about it at sending me an email at heshgoldstein at gmail.com. And then, of course, last but not least, is microwave popcorn. <laughs> If popcorn is air pop or popped on the stove using coconut oil, it is not bad. But microwave popcorn? Forget about it. It's one of the unhealthiest foods that you can purchase. And those bags of popcorn contain genetically modified kernels as well as preservatives, fake butter, and lots of salt. And finally, microwave popcorn contains the additive diacetyl, which has been proven to destroy the lungs. So I I have a a stepson that eats this uh, garden, uh, mandarin orange, crispy chicken, meat-free, it's like a vegetarian chicken thing. So I tell him how bad it is. He doesn't care. Who cares? He doesn't want to deal with it. That's his business. So here's the ingredients. Besides that, I'll give you the bad ones. Soy protein isolate. That's a combination of GMOs and MSG. Canola oil. That's genetically modified. Yeast extract. That's MSG. Modified cornstarch, that's GMO and MSG. Um, Sodium soy sauce, hello, GMO. Soybeans, hello, GMO. Um, Modified food starch, that's MSG. Cornstarch, that's GMO. Canola oil, GMO. Bison. Spices? What the hell is the spices? It says spices, not genetically modified soybeans, wheat, or canola oil. Oh, so the spices don't have that, but the rest of the crap has it. This, you got to read labels, man. I, I mean, I don't make this stuff up. 
This is not stuff that I make up. This is stuff that I research because research is important. And while we're talking about the foods that you eat, would you like to know about 12 foods that have been banned in other countries because they are the worst of the worst? Have you ever heard of pink slime? Well, pink slime was a name that was used for processed low-grade beef trimmings and meat byproducts. Sure, remember we talked about that earlier, the stuff on the slaughterhouse floors? Well, they use ammonium hydroxide in their processing, which is banned in so many other countries outside the U.S. And the pink slime is added to processed meats. So the products can contain up to 15% without any additional labeling. Just so you'd like to know that, then farm-raised salmon. Okay. First of all, Anything that a face in a mother, including fish, is very high in saturated fat, which clogs your arteries because there's no fiber, which causes everything from a stroke all the way down to gout. Okay, that's covering the whole body. You, of course, you can have clogged arteries that go to your brain. That's the stroke. Clogged arteries that go to your heart. That's a heart attack. Closed arteries that go below the belt. Oh, then you have to use Viagra. But you got to be careful what they don't tell you. They say in their commercial, if you experience an erection for more than seven weeks, please contact your doctor. What they don't say is, and whatever you do, do not go on a crowded bus or a crowded subway. Oh, my God, you'll be arrested in a heartbeat. Okay, so farm-fed salmon, farm-raised salmon, they are fed an unnatural diet of genetically modified grains and dangerous chemicals like synthetic astaxanthin, which is derived from petrochemicals, and antibiotics. And what that does is it causes their flesh to become grayish instead of pinkish, like the wild salmon. So avoid all Atlantic salmon because they're mostly coming from farms. If you have to eat it, get the Alaskan or the sockeye because they're not, they're, they're not allowed to be farmed. But this is what's happening. This is when, 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 a, when any kind of a body dies, it starts to turn gray be it a fish, be it a human, be it a cow, be it a dog, be it a parakeet, whatever, it starts turning gray and starts to stink. Do you ever wonder why when you walk into the supermarket and you go to the meat in the meat section, everything is pink and rosy and red and beautiful and nice, and you're not bowled over by any stench? You know why that is? Because the chemicals keep it that way for up to a year. That's the truth. You want to eat that? Eh, man, that's your business. Then, hormone-infused beef and dairy. We talked about dairy, but many of the American cows are fed the synthetic hormones to create production. And those hormones, the RBGH and the RBSD, 
end up in the flesh and the dairy products that you eat. I don't eat it. You do. And the non-organic meat or dairy has been linked to breast, colon, and prostate cancer. Banned in Australia, banned in New Zealand, banned in Israel, banned in the European Union, banned in Canada, and banned in a lot of countries that has brains. Number four, genetically modified papaya. Most of the papayas that people eat are genetically engineered to be resistant to the ring spot virus. And studies show that animals, animals that are fed GMOs, like corn and soy, have an increased risk of organ damage, tumors, birth defects, premature death, and sterility. Unfortunately, he says with a straight face, Hawaii is the leading place for papayas. And they are so good. But guess what? They're all basically genetically modified. Even the ones that are organic are genetically modified. Oh, my God, how is that possible, you ask? You ever hear the wind? And this is the problem. They spray the fields. They don't go around by hand and dump their their crappy pesticides, uh, the glyphosate on the crops. They have a plane that flies over their field and they spray it. Guess what the wind does? You got an organic farm next to you? The guy's screwed, blued, and tattooed. Seriously, his whole farm is inundated with, with glyphosate that he never laid, that he planted organic to begin with, and now it's all genetically modified. And yet Monsanto says, hey, you don't like us? We'll just pay you money. Then you can approve us. We're good. And all the people in the FDA, all former Monsanto employees, all the people in the USDA, all former Monsanto employees, Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of the Agriculture, the U.S. government, oh, he's a biotech industry conspirator. And when you look in the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, Elena Kagan, former attorneys for Monsanto, and the next president of the United States, Hillary Clinton, she also worked for one of Monsanto's law firms. Folks, we are screwed, blued, and tattooed. Then, bread with potassium bromate. Commercial baking companies enrich their flour with potassium bromate to reduce the baking time and make the dough more elastic. So what's so bad, you know? What causes kidney and nerve damage, thyroid problems, digestive disorders, and cancer? And it's been banned in Canada, China, and the European Union. Then you have ractopamine-tainted meat. What the hell is ractopamine? It's a growth stimulator that's used in the United States to increase the weight of pigs, cattle, and turkeys. It's been linked to cardiovascular issues, birth defects, and hyperactivity, and banned in 160 countries across Europe, Russia, China, and Taiwan. And then we have the arsenic-laced chicken. Oh, my God, what's wrong with eating arsenic? How bad could arsenic be for our health? My God, why would they use arsenic? Why? To make the chicken grow faster. Arsenic and to make them grow faster? It makes your meat pinker, which gives it a fresher look. And guess what? For inorganic arsenic? It's known as a carcinogen. Organic arsenic, enough to kill you. 
Then the drinks with the brominated vegetable oil, abivio, like Mountain Dew, and the other citrus-flavored sport drinks that are emulsified with brominated vegetable oil. The main compound is bromine, which is basically used as a flame retardant. And too much bromine can tend to lead to iodine deficiency, skin rashes, acne, fatigue, and cardiovascular problems. Oh, give me more of that stuff, baby. Give me more. Then you've got the butylated, oh, my God, hydrozanosol, which is BHA. I can't pronounce them. BHA and BHT, which use in preservatives in cereals, nut mixes, meat, beer, butter, and gum. And it links to allergies and cancer. Then the bleach flour, we know how bad bleach flour is with the azidocarbonide used by the U.S. food companies to bleach their flour quicker. It's also used in shoe soles, and it's linked to asthma and cancer. Then, of course, the processed foods with the artificial food colors. I mean, give me a break, please. Some of the food colorings, the additives, the colors, the preservatives, that are used in the United States are banned in other countries because they're made from coal tar and petroleum. And that includes your red 40 and your yellow 5 and your blue 6 and your black and blue. And your, I mean, it causes hyperactivity, brain damage, nerve damage, birth defects, allergies, and cancer. And then last but not least is Olestra or Olea, which is a substitute for fat and fat-free products. It depletes the essential vitamins and can cause anal leakages. What is an anal leakage? An anal leakage is when stuff drips out of your butt and you can't control it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the horror that you're sitting in class or you're sitting at work and all of a sudden you're swimming on your chair? God, you've got to be kidding. This is why it's important to read labels and eliminate all processed foods out of your diet and avoid those harmful chemicals. Just turn to a healthy, fresh, whole food diet, please. And what is a healthy, whole food diet? Fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, whole grains, Nuts and seeds, beans and legumes. That's it. Organic, you're not getting crap. Non-organic, who knows what you're getting. Stuff in a can, forget it. Aluminum cans, you really want to eat aluminum? That's your business. Go brain dead. I mean, chances are you're partially brain dead now, so what's a little more? It's not going to hurt. If you cook from scratch... It's easier. You cook from scratch. You become healthier. It's not, it's, it's, it's like, what is going on? Why in the world, why in the world would I want to, okay, what is the one thing that the government hopes that you never have a chance to benefit from? Because if you benefit from it, the chances of their running out of it are very likely. 
That would be Social Security payments. Why do you think so many people are dying before they reach the age of 66 or 67 or whatever, 65 or whatever it is? Because they want to... See, the government has already stolen enormous amounts of funds from Social Security to finance projects from whatever. Here you are, you work all your life, you want to finally retire as you can, you want to be able to collect Social Security, but then you find out that you're having trouble paying you because there's not a lot of money in Social Security, and then you find out that the government took the money from Social Security that they shouldn't have done to pay certain projects, and then you have to collect Social Security, and if you have other income, can you believe that you have to list the amount of Social Security that you are receiving, and if it doesn't qualify, you have to pay tax on the tax that you already paid in, which goes to your Social Security. Do you see how criminal this is? Do you see why you have to take responsibility for you? I say screw the government. I say if you change your diet and you go as organic as you possibly can, and you are healthy, and you can live to be 80 or 90 or 100 years old, you are screwing the government because they are going to have to pay you the Social Security that they don't want to pay. It's up to you. You want to die early? Eat the shit that you've been eating. I don't care. I'm just pointing it out. I'm just giving you information. What you do with it. It's like my book. I wrote a book called A Sane Diet for an Insane World. It explains everything, why you should stay away from the standard American diet. All the news shows in Hawaii will not have me as a guest because the book goes against your advertising dollars. So all I can do is lead you to the water hole. You've got to drink the water. I ain't the guy to do that. I'm already drinking the water, and it benefits me. I'm... Um, um, Frank just told me that it says that it's my birthday today. It's not my birthday today. My birthday's in March. And I'm going to be 76. And I'm athletic. And I have no illnesses and I don't take any meds. And I ain't nobody special. And if I can do it, you can do it. So you got to make a decision. Someone's got to make a decision. I can't make it for you. You have to do it. So what do I what do I do in addition to my, my clean diet? Organic sulfur crystals. First and foremost, never will I stop. I don't have asthma. My asthma's been gone for eight years. I, I've had it all my life since I was vaccinated. It disappeared in three days from the organic sulfur crystals, gone in a heartbeat. Next thing I take is this bee pollen. That is so amazingly soft and fresh. It is a mind blower. It's rich in all the B vitamins. It's rich in antioxidants. It's rich in probiotics. It's rich in enzymes. It acts as a natural appetite suppressant, and the stuff melts in your mouth. I also take the organic vegan Shakeology, 42 superfoods. Why do I want superfoods? Why do I want to build and strengthen my immune system? Why would I want to get the flu? If you have a healthy immune system, you don't get sick. 
then you take care of yourself. And you don't have to get these synthetic chemicals injected into your bloodstream year after year after year, which is specifically designed to make you sicker and kill you faster so you don't have to collect Social Security. And then I found out about zeal, which is another superfood, which I take on a daily basis as well, and that's got 30 superfoods in it. So I am getting an enormous amount of superfoods in my system to help strengthen and build my immune system. Is it something that happens overnight? No, 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 no. (laughs) I wish. You spend your whole life, and you got all kinds of problems in your body, and you expect that it's going to reverse in 24 hours. You took your whole life to get to the screwed-up place that you're in. Give it a little bit of time and have some faith. First of all, you got to change your diet. Second of all, you got to add stuff to your diet to help build your immune system. And if you want to find out more, you go to www.health.com and you say, send me the articles so I can read about them. All I can do, the only thing I can do is give you information. I can't do any more than that. Because I can't, it's the way it is. You have to take responsibility for you. You like sick, you like having headaches, you like having arthritis, you like having diabetes, you like diabetes. I think diabetes, by the way, disappears in three weeks if you get off of flesh food and go to a plant-based diet. Why don't they tell you that? Why don't the doctors tell you that? Number one, they don't know, and they don't know because the curriculum and medical school is paid for by the pharmaceutical. You really like getting screwed by them? That's the business. Well, and I only got a couple of more minutes to go. So I'm going to let Georgie Koo do his thing and sing about My Sweet Lord, which is my favorite song of all time. And uh, if you guys have a mind to, go to www.kwai1080am.com on Saturday morning. And you can listen to the show in Hawaii. And if you don't do that, don't worry, because Frank is picking it up, putting it on him, hurting his voice, breaking it to wrong place. So that being the case, until next Thursday, mahalo and aloha.
things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at 35 If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. that leased 
some chairs, tables, and a couple of computers to a corporation that manufactured colloidal silver. And based on that association with colloidal silver and the FDA's contention that colloidal silver be treated as a drug, everybody involved, myself and the owner of the corporation, the corporation, the trust, and two people in their corporation were the original defendants in the suit, were sued, each of each defendant, 25 grand a day. I read the relevant drug laws and realized that the drug laws only apply to animals. They presume that you and I are animals. The government does. And in fact, this can be tracked all the way back to the 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act. They've been doing this over a century, and to the best of my knowledge, I'm the first layman to read the law and realize what it means. In 2006, that's when we first went through this, and I drafted, I realized, under the under Genesis 1, 26 through 28, declares that on the sixth day, man was created in God's image, and man was given dominion over the animals. Thus, as a fundamental principle of the Jewish and Christian faith, men and women are made in God's image, and they are not capable of being treated as animals within the context of their faith. Animals and the men and women who are made in God's image, two entirely different classes of beings. The drug laws apply to man or other animals. And that phrase, and there's another one, they also talk about animals other than man. And those two phrases both indicate that they deem man to be an animal, and I simply drafted, you know, looking at it, I I drafted a freedom of religion suit, and I said, wait a second, I'm not an animal, and you can't declare me to be one without violating a fundamental principle of my faith. This is no game. If you're not, if you're not made in God's image, you can kiss your opportunity for salvation goodbye. It is only for the men and women who are made in God's image. But at least that's my belief, and, I, and it would be difficult for anyone to refute it. It might even be nice to believe that the little puppy dogs, the old dog I had when I was a kid, will be there to wait, you know, waiting on me when I get to the pearly gates or perhaps wherever I'm going. But it, the Bible, as I read it, doesn't make that allowance. So if you define yourself and declare yourself to be a man made in God's image, and not an animal, then you're not subject to the laws that presume you to be an animal, which include the drug laws. And there are others, and I can't remember which others, but all of the pharmaceutical industry is based on the presumption that you're all livestock. The medical industry, doctors, they deal with drugs. In fact, the three terms we know about that are defined where we are presumed to be animals are food, drugs, and devices, and that means medical devices. Virtually all of American medicine involves either drugs or medical devices. The one exception might be if you were there for psychological evaluation. And they may not use, maybe they wouldn't use any drugs on you. And maybe they wouldn't use any electrical devices to blast out some of your memories out of your brain. All right. And if they didn't use anything but just conversation, then it could be argued that psychiatry did not necessarily depend on the presumption that you're nothing but animals. 
but all the rest of medicine, American medicine, where the doctors use drugs or the doctors use medical devices, all of that presumes you to be an animal. And it follows that our doctors are actually just glorified veterinarians working licenses to work as work on only one particular breed of primates that would be homo sapiens. All of American medicine is based on the presumption you're an animal. All of the drug industry's billions of dollars of profits are based on a definition of drugs that presumes you to be an animal. Uh, prison industrial complex is largely based on the presumption that you are animals. 70% of the people in the slammer today, or at least in the federal penitentiaries, I'm told they're there on drug-related crimes. All drug-related crimes presume you to be an animal. As an animal, you're not made in God's image. You have no protections that you can extract from the Bible, for example. You can look at Genesis 9-6, and it'll tell you that the reason that you can't murder a man, you can't kill a man, is because he's made in God's image. This goes back to the earliest foundations of the Jewish and and, and later the Christian faiths. The reason murder is a crime is because men and women are made in God's image. That's what makes it a crime. That's, in my opinion, it doesn't say so in the Bible, but in my opinion, that's also the reason why God views homosexuality and sodomy as as a, uh, not just an offense, an abomination. When you sodomize someone, or you allow them to sodomize you, you are allowing an image of God that would be the person that's being sodomized. You are allowing the, that person to act to, to, to be sodomized. You're allowing an image of God to be sodomized. It's a kind of blasphemy, in my opinion. So the point to all this is this lengthy introduction, and I tend to give this most of the programs we do, but I want to do it. It's not just for the sake of repeating this thing and making this argument and causing people, oh, my God, how many times is this guy going to say that same idiotic argument? This is important. We are setting a premise. This program is not intended for animals. If you're an animal... I don't know, I can't stop you from listening, but this is not in, we, I only intend to speak to men and women made in God's image, who are furthermore endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights as per the Declaration of Independence. If you're an animal, you don't have those rights. Right? You're just livestock. And, you, and the only reason the government treats you with any respect at all is because you may have a rifle, a shotgun, or a, you know, a pistol in your pocket. That's all. The only distinction between you and the cows that are going to be turned into hamburgers for McDonald's in the next 24 hours is that you have a rifle, or you might. And therefore, they don't want to go in there and necessarily start messing with the cows and turning them into hamburger because cows might shoot the government. And they don't want to get shot by the cows. So they leave the cows and the cattle and the livestock that knows how to leave a, use a firearm, they leave them alone pretty much. All right? They, they tread softly when they're dealing with an armed animal. 
But if you didn't have any armament, if you had no arms, excuse me, and I mean in the sense of rifles, pistols, even knives, right, whatever, hand grenades, if you didn't have access to arms, this government would show you in no uncertain terms that you have no more rights than a chicken in a Tyson poultry processing plant. And therefore, I'm trying to establish when we do this program that we are act. I am, and I believe Frank is doing the same thing, acting in the capacity of a man made in God's image and endowed by his creator with certain unalienable rights from within the borders of a state of the union. Now, you put that into the transcript, and I'm doing this from the perspective that we might say something on the program. that government would find offensive. And they might say, let's get those, let's get those animals on the American Independence Hour, and we'll slap them around or throw them in jail or whatever. Well, I'm just serving notice that this thing's going to go to court, if somebody ever wants to do that. I'm serving notice with this introduction that we repeat to some degree every week. I'm just serving notice, no, we are not livestock. We are members of the people of the states of the Union, I'm members of the perpetual union styled the United States of America, broadcasting from within states of the union. We're going to make that argument. We'll make it under oath. And you're going to have, Mr. Governor, off official, you're going to have to put somebody in the jury, or excuse me, in the witness box who's prepared to testify under oath that no, we are not men and women made in God's image, that we are merely animals. They get away with presuming it. That's how it runs right now. Nobody thinks, even no one even imagines that this argument is valid, and yet it is. You can find it at Title 21, Section 321 of the United States Code. Look for the definitions of food, drugs, and medical devices, and you'll see they're all defined in terms of man or other animals. So that's why we do this. Sounds goofy to people, and I understand. I understand that. And I wish we lived in a world where you didn't have to sound goofy in order to assert your rights in a way that was meaningful. <clears throat> but, you know, you got to play the cards you're dealt. These are the cards we are dealt now. And, uh, yeah. So you can debate whether I'm crazy or paranoid, or maybe I'm just being pragmatic and dealing with a government that for over a century has relied on laws that presume us to be animals. 1906, you can find this for yourself. Look up the 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act. <clears throat> you can Google it. 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act. Scroll down. You'll see the definition of food. You'll see the definition of drugs. You'll see that both of them are in terms of man or other animals. And incidentally, that's an act of genocide. At law, it is commonly recognized that when you dehumanize people and treat them as insects, vermin, or animals, you are depriving them of their rights, and this deprivation constitutes an act of genocide. Our government has been committing genocide against the American people. Genocide doesn't require anybody die. It merely requires that it is that someone creates conditions where it's more likely that you will die. And by declaring us to be animals, the government has certainly done that. They come in, they strip us of the presumption, the belief, the 
principle that we find in our Declaration of Independence and also in our Bible, that we are men and women made in God's image. And insofar as they can strip us of that principle, of that presumption, that belief, can treat us like animals, they can kick us around any way they want. And this is consistent with the loss of rights that most of us have witnessed throughout our lifetime. The government is simply becoming more and more assertive, in my opinion, or my suspicion. They are becoming more and more dependent upon uh, the idea that you're nothing but animals. Therefore, the cops can shoot you anytime they want. Why not? It's like killing a mad dog. No big deal. Cops can kill anybody they want. Why? Because contrary to what you see at Genesis 9-6, as an animal, you are no longer deemed to be made in God's image, and there's no biblical basis for not killing you. The only reason for not shooting us, government just coming out and shooting us, is that we might shoot back. If we ever are foolish enough to give up our guns in this country, then you're going to see some trouble unlike anything you've seen or imagined. You'll see problems of the sort that were last seen in Nazi Germany. No. So we do this. We do this little dance. It sounds silly. I'm sure it sounds silly to a lot of people. But if you get into it and you read the relevant law and understand the implications, the legal implications and sit back and say, you know, that guy Adams, I thought he was crazy. Right? But, you know, now that I see how this is going, you know, now that I see the law and I read it and I realize the implications, you know, he might not be as crazy as we had previously supposed. In fact, it's remotely possible he might even be correct. And incidentally, in the if you hadn't heard me say it a hundred times previously on this program or write about it on my blog, when I was sued for $25,000 a day by the Attorney General of the State of Texas, after we submitted that freedom of religion defense, the Attorney General simply stopped prosecuting the case, and they'd invested six years and nearly a half million dollars in pretrial investigations and pretrial hearings. They just stopped. No explanation. They just stopped. The implications are too hot for them to deal with in court, in my opinion. They never said why they stopped, but I believe it was because the implications of this freedom of religion defense were too enormous for them to risk taking the court, and therefore they said, mm -mm, we're not going. Just, just leave it alone. Forget it. We'll find somebody else. More, plenty more sheep out there. Lots of idiots. Let's get them. I'm Alfred Adams. This is the American Independence Hour. Franklin Stefan will join us shortly. We're going to take a break for some commercials. Please stay tuned. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. 
First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Folks, I'm Alfred Adisk uh, here on American Independence Hour. Frank Stefan is now joining me. Frank, are you there? I am. Ha. Good to talk to you. How you doing? Good, good, good. Very uh, good. Life treating you? Not bad, actually. Uh-huh. Well, that's actually, that's actually good. You know, it's surprising that oh. you'll be getting you're you're getting ready to retire to Tahiti. Is that right? Yeah, not that good. I said not bad, not good, uh, but it's not bad. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, I I already retired to Hawaii, and uh, you know, I gave it up. Gave it up? Yeah, retirement's not really for me. I thought maybe you were allergic to pineapple or poi or something like that. I figured I'd get it over with when I was young, and and now I'll just work to death. Ah, what the heck? Um, Government couldn't agree with you more. I'm sure that's why they have death panels on a bomb. As long as I do it quickly. You know, I mean, this 80-, 90-year-old thing, no, 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 that's going to cost. <clears throat> no one. You know, that's the whole idea behind the death panels that were at least proposed for Obamacare. Oh, they're There's, in it. Pardon me? They're in it. Those panels are in it. They're just not no, I death panels. I understand. I'm not sure that the, but I'm, it's not clear that they're being implemented at this time. they got a little too much political heat. <laughs> they're going to save those. For a little surprise. Yeah, now after they get us to camp, we're going to march you off to camp, and this will be for your protection. We're here to help you. Yeah, now, now Go off it's not camp, and while you're there, we may not have enough medical care. Yeah. And if we don't, we're going to have to ration it. Yeah. And the basis, and that's why we'll have death panels. 
Now, now it's not the time for the Soylent Green plant just yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> not quite yet. All right, but if the agriculture system breaks down, who can say? You know, we may just see instead of marching the cattle up the chute into the into the slaughterhouse, we may be just marching some of us up there. And how do we know how to, who is going to get the limited medical uh, treatments? Now, that's one of the interesting things about this. The death panels pres- are built on the presumption that there's an, even with Obamacare, huh? There won't be enough Obamacare for everybody. No. Some of us, sadly, are going to have to do without, and we will be left to die. Yeah, except I, I think, and I, I really believe this, and I think they've already started to do it, and and they already have it, actually. I've read some stuff about it that, well, you know, you go to the doctor, and they go, well, this is what you need, and then, oh, wait, your insurance won't pay for it. Yep. But, of course, you can always fork over the money yourself, and we'll <laughs> do it for you. You see, in that way, hey, you know what? I don't think Warren Buffett's worried about a hundred thousand uh, dollar hospital bill. Probably not. I don't think that he might be worried about the quality of the care that he'll get for a hundred thousand dollars, but he's not worried that he will get some. some I, care. I think the cash and carry doctors will probably be up to uh, you know whatever their their you know whatever they can do. Not that I you know I I'm really against allopathic medicine. In, in in general, now I bust an arm. Yeah, great. You know, maybe a doctor could put a cast on it and you know make sure it heals straight. But as far as anything beyond injuries and trauma treatment, I'm really uh, not a fan of allopathic medicine. I don't think. And it you works. define allopathic medicine as the conventional medicine treatments, the conventional treatments sure. that we're used to seeing from the modern medical establishment: surgery, chemo, radiation. You know, drugs, drugs, drugs that yeah. deal with symptoms rather than cures. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what's going on. And I, you know, I don't see that as productive as far as medicine goes. Uh, well, that's because you don't understand it. Right. See, this is again, this is being run like a a farm on the. You know, uh, we're being raised on the on the uh, new world order <laughs> farm, and as such. The question, this this goes to the death panels, is are you putting money, are you are you a profitable item of livestock, or does it cost them more money to feed you, clothe you, give you shelter in the barn than you're actually able to produce? If you're no longer able to pull a plow or give milk or whatever it is you got to do to keep to stay in business, then it's time to ship you off to the slaughterhouse where we can squeeze the last few dollars worth of profit out of your carcass. Well, you know what? I think uh, I think they've pretty much figured that out already, and I think what they're doing now is developing mechanisms to get rid of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They've already decided. You know. You, there's a, you know, there's seven billion people. Probably about, you know, five and a half or six billion of you could uh, really go somewhere else because you're not doing much for us. Yeah, I understand. It's not, it's not a mistake per se. It wasn't just a bad choice of words when Henry Kissinger referred to the mass of the people on the planet as useless eaters. <laughs> right. He knew what he was saying. Sure. Right? He was saying this is the equivalent to raising cattle on the farm 
and that half of the cattle on your farm, you know, they can't be milked, they don't pull the plow, they don't do anything, you just got to feed them. What's the point to it? Right. The only thing they're good for is to grind up uh, for dog food. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because we can use them to feed the dogs, maybe. I'm not sure. And then use the dogs when they die to feed the people. So we got ourselves a little symbiotics system going on here. It's like putting, what is it? You put a fish and a and a snail in that in that glass enclosure with a piece of seaweed and the so whole you're, thing. You're, you're really a kind of a half uh, glass full sort of guy because uh, I'm looking at it instead of feeding the dogs to the people. I, I mean, I'm looking at it like, look, if they're going to start uh, determining that people are animals, they yeah. may as well just feed people to people. Well, I'm sure that I guarantee you, but that, that'll take a little. We don't want to just break that. The American public isn't ready for that kind of information just yet. Yeah, right. You understand? They have to be dumbed down probably another decade or so before they understand that cannibalism is really politically correct. Right, and the lines at the Taco Bell uh, indicate that people aren't ready to accept that information just yet. Not yet, but you know. You know, if it's properly prepared, somebody's going to say, you know, this tastes just like chicken. And uh, actually, it was Aunt Martha, but uh, I didn't realize. If I'd known if I had known Aunt Martha tasted just like chicken, perhaps we would have killed the old lady years ago. Well, you look at what they tell the families. I mean, I've seen this personally, where they come in and they tell you, listen, you know, I mean, your loved one is alive. And sitting there and not really, you know, not really in pain or suffering, but, you know, last legs, it's not long, but they go, well, you know, Aunt Martha, we'll pick on her. <laughs> you know what the problem with, you know what, what, what Aunt Martha's terminal illness is? <laughs> her insurance policy is that's just right. about exhausted. That's right. And, and so we will, that's, that's the canary in your particular coal mine. Yeah. When your insurance policy exhausted is exhausted, guess what? <laughs> nice talking to you. Yeah. You're out of here. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'll tell you things like, well, you don't want her to suffer. She wouldn't want to be a burden to you. <laughs> yeah. This is like a Monty Python thing. He said, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I, I, I don't want to be. Shut up. Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, yep. we we've got a caller. We got Russ from Texas. All right, does Russ have a sense of humor? Probably not anymore. Oh, all right, let's see. Hello, Russ. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Uh, yeah, I have a great sense of humor. In fact, I'm kind of laughing uh, at your intro to the show when you uh, went into your man or other animals because I love when you talk about that. I've, I've learned more about that one topic and it helped me understand yeah. what's going on. And what I wanted to tell you is when I was doing research on the man or other animals and trying to find out where they mentioned man and where they mentioned human being and law, uh, I stumbled across uh, something that, that, that really made me laugh. It's from the Smithsonian Institute. And uh, right on the front page back in December was a tree. It was actually a graphic image of a tree, like, like a tree from Africa. And yep. at the bottom of the tree on the branches it had uh, a really ugly-looking ape, a, a really, really ape ape. And then as you moved up the tree, it had uh, our Articulopithecus our, our, our group, then it had the Australopithecus group, and then the p- 
paranthropus group and the homo group. And, and of course, at the top, you know, as you go up to the top, the apes start stop losing start losing hair and get a little bit more human as you go up the tree. And at the very top of the tree, it has a picture. Uh, imagine a picture of you and your family, like at a church photo. When when every every family has a church photo where it has a husband, wife, and the three kids. So at the very top, it says you are here. And it has like a Sunday school, you know, a photo of you and your family at the top. <laughs> yep. Um, when they talk about becoming more and more hairless, you become more human. Does that mean people who are balding are are more human than people who are uh, have a full head of hair? I don't know if Russ heard me or if he hung up or what happened here, Frank. Well, apparently I, I don't know either. Um, the lights are all on here, I, so I don't know. Russ appears by all technicalities to be here, but... Well, in any case, uh, he's right. You know, Smithsonian, what they're doing is they are presenting a tree of life. They are presenting a tree of evolution. They are espousing the idea that we were once upon a time lower forms of life and primates, and we are now a higher form of life, but we're still primates. We're still animals. If you believe in the theory of evolution, you have to believe that all of mankind is nothing but animals. And that's completely contrary to the principles this country started on. And it's not an accident that the government teaches the theory of evolution in schools and resists instruction in the theory of creation. We have been taught and educated to believe that evolution makes perfect sense. It's rational. It's scientific. It has all these advantages, and only a crazy person would believe in creation. Well, maybe so, but let me tell you, the uh, the difference... Uh, we see verse in the Bible that says, by, by their fruits ye shall know them. All right, talking about you see a tree, what kind of tree is it? Well, if it's got apples on it, it's an apple tree. And if it's oranges, it's an orange tree. And if it doesn't bear any apples or oranges, then it's some sort of an infertile tree. And you can chuck it down and you can throw it in the fire. But you can judge what a thing is by what it does. And what evolution does is it teaches all of us to accept our status as animals. And once you accept the fact or the, the belief that you're an animal and your friends are all animals, then where's the basis and your associates and the people you work with and work for, customers and employers, everybody's an animal. What is the basis for your complaint about setting up concentration camps? You've accepted that status. And this isn't just, again, uh, some radical notion, you know, from the, from uh, some peculiar mind, that would be mine. When you look at, you can Google this yourself. You can Google the 1935 Nuremberg Laws. These were in Germany. And you just, 1935 Nuremberg Laws. I believe that's N-U-R-E-M-B-E-R-G, or it might be U-B-U-R-G, but Nuremberg laws. You go up there, you fish for it, you'll find it. You look through that, you scroll down their ways, and you will see that in 1935 they declared the Jews and other people to be untermenschen. Unter means under, mensch means man, it means subhuman, it means animals. As a prerequisite for concentration camps and genocide, 
the Germans first declared the Jews to be animals. Right? And that's what gave the, Ge- the Germans the legal right to exterminate the Jews. They had been declared to be animals. And once Hitler removed, he was the father of modern gun control, once he deprived all the Jews and everybody else in the civilian population of their guns, then it was easy to pick up the Jews and march them off to camp like cows or pigs or sheep or goats or whatever and kill them. But it was started with the legal presumption that they were animals. That was 1935, and that's in the Nuremberg, 1935 Nuremberg Laws in Germany. And our government has been declaring the American people to be animals by virtue of the food and drug laws found originally in 1906. You know, what's funny is that Margaret Sanger, the... uh, Mother of, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood, I guess. And she was a real uh, piece of work when it came to eugenics. And she complained before uh, it was, uh, before 1939, uh, I think 1936, or I might be wrong with that, but it was before 1939, and it was after Hitler came to power. She complained publicly that Germany was... Ahead of us, lunch, launching, lunging ahead of the United States in eugenics. Yep. Where we were leading the world, and now we're not, and this is a catastrophe, and we need to, you know, pick it up some. And you know, I have no doubt that what she was, she was well aware that people had been declared animals way back when. Yeah. You know, I just yeah, always I, wonder about evolution. You know, I, 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 nobody's ever been able to tell me why some of the monkeys decided, well, I know we're going to evolve into people. And some of the other monkeys said, hey, you know what? No, thanks. We're going to stay here. We're, we're, we're going to keep being monkeys. Well, that's a good question. And in retrospect, I'm not sure which one made, which, which, which side made the more intelligent choice, knowing what I know right now? I'm not sure. Maybe the monkeys had the better idea. But I don't know. We see this doesn't end well. No. Yeah, they don't understand that it doesn't end well. We do. That's yeah. perhaps the biggest difference. Plus, they have more hair than we do. Um, there is that. And Russ is back. Oh, Russ is back? Mm-hmm. All right, Russ. Uh, what do we got right now? Got about a minute. Not even that. Oh, we have 15 seconds. Okay. Russ had better stay here and just listen to commercials. And we will get back to Russ shortly, find out what happened to disconnect us from his comments earlier in the program. And I'm Alfred Addis with Frank Stefan on the American Independence Hour. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Drugs 
which are defined in terms of man or other animals. It can't exist without food. I guarantee they're feeding some of the people relative to Obamacare. Food is defined in terms of man or other animals. And it can't exist without medical devices, which are defined, again, at Title 21, Section 321, defined in terms of man or other animals. And what I'm getting to is Obamacare is, by definition, intended for animals. It has to presume that you are an animal, and if you sign up for it, you're saying, yeah, bah, bah, or moo, moo, how do you vote? How can I, maybe you can count, <laughs> moo, moo, that's, that's for know, three. Uh, you understand? Hey, this goes further. It's not just ridiculous. It's, it's dangerous, it's treasonous, it's satanic, and we have the IRS that's enforcing Obamacare, the obligation to commit to uh, to pay up uh, with Obamacare. You've got to contribute your funds, and if you don't, the IRS will come down on you. What does that mean? It means that the income tax is now based, and maybe it always was, but now, insofar as they are enforcing Obamacare, they are enforcing your status as an animal. It means that if you are able to master this idea that you're not an animal, and prove, no, I'm not now. You don't have to get any Obamacare, in my opinion. I'm not saying that's God's truth. Okay. You're going to have to be good if you want. And if you can make the argument that you are a man or woman made in God's image and endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights, if you can make that argument to the Internal Revenue Service and say, well, you're enforcing those laws against animals because you depend on the definition of drugs and food and medical devices to enforce Obamacare. I'm not an animal. Therefore, I'm not subject to the Internal Revenue Code. Now, will that argument so work to me? Go ahead. It's so important to me that, uh, you know, what, what I started doing when I found this out is when I'm out in the public and somebody uses the term human being, I try yeah. to them and say, are you sure you're a human being? And, and they say, yeah, are you not a human being? And I said, no, I'm not. And I said, you know, are you aware of how the federal government defines human being? But then I explained to him, I'm the man created in God's image, and I say, look, go on Google and type in man or other animals, and you'll find a website, uh, and I refer to your website, and I say, look, you need to go there and learn that and teach your kids that they're not human beings who evolve from apes if you're a Christian. And yeah, how, how does that argument work? Have you had a lot of success with convincing people that's a valid argument? Uh, most people are not aware of legal terms. No. Most people think human beings are just man. And I said, no, no, no. I said, look, legal terms are defined in law, and you are treated that way according to law. So you need to know what you are. And most people have no idea, and when they go read this stuff, they're like, holy cow, you know, and yeah. they get upset. It's astonishing. Your government has been committing acts of genocide against everybody. There is no one listening to this program right now that has not been subjected to acts of genocide by our own government. You can go to an outfit called GenociteWatch.org, all right, and look for an document called The Eight Stages of Genocide, and you'll see that the third stage is dehumanization, where they expressly say that when the perpetrators of genocide, before they go out, to kill a particular race or religion or culture or whatever. First thing they do is they dehumanize, not first thing, third thing they do is dehumanize them and declare them to be something other than men. 
This happens even between the Hutus and the Tutsis over in Central Africa. When one of them decides to murder the other one, first thing they do is they say, they're a bunch of animals. We did it ourselves when we, Vietnam, when we went to Vietnam to kill the gooks. And we're doing it still over in Iraq to kill the camel jockeys or whatever. We, de- de- I don't like the term dehumanize the, the people using that term in, in the uh, genocidewatch.org paperwork. They're making a mistake they're not aware of, but it's still it communicates the idea. Before they'll kill you, they're going to define you to be something less than a man. And if you are, and if you'll sit for it, then they can shoot you just like they shoot a deer or an elk or go fishing or hunting or whatever. Hey, I know what they do. They animalize you. Yeah, yeah, it's a good term. (laughs) Yeah. But the reason in that case down there, and they never said why they dropped the case. They just dropped it, that case I always harp about. But I believe the reason is because this concept is so explosive that if it breaks loose, and I've been hugely disappointed that it, that it hasn't essentially gone viral. I've been yapping about it since 2006, and here we are, what, nine years later. And some people know about it, and they're doing things about it, but not much. All right? I expected this to just take off and fly. People should be furious that your government is treating you the same way Hitler's Nazis treated the Jews. And they've been doing it since 1906. Now, admittedly, our form of genocide is a kinder, gentler, perhaps more politically correct genocide than what the Nazis did back in, 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 in uh, Nazi Germany prior to and during World War II. Right? Ours is perhaps a little kinder and gentler. They're not marching us off to camps just yet. All right? At least not all of us. Black people, of course, yeah, they're marching them off to camps. They call them prisons. Um, but people ought to catch this. This is an assault on who you are. And it's, again, it goes back, we talked earlier about the difference between the theory of evolution and the theory of creationism. Evolution, the logic of evolution will take you to eugenics where some people are exterminated and others are cultivated. That's where it will take. The logic of evolution will take you to that. The logic of evolution will take you to concentration camps. It'll take you to genocide. It just makes sense under evolution. Under the theory of creationism, if you are a man or woman made in God's image, you are entitled to certain rights that no one can take away from you. They're given you by God. You're not destined, you should not be destined lawfully to go into a concentration camp or face off with a guillotine because you're no longer a profitable human resource. That's all wrong under the theory of creation or the belief in creationism. It's a logical inevitability if we subscribe to evolution. Evolution is dangerous. It will get a bunch of you folks killed. It will get a bunch of your children killed. The creationism doctrine, on the other hand, will keep you alive and say, we can't, you can't just execute this guy without, without procedural, or excuse me, without substantive due process. You've got to go through all a very complicated dance to prove this guy did something very bad before we can execute him. That's all part of 
creationism. It is absolutely unnecessary under the theory of evolution. So we live in interesting times, times that are just hard to believe. You know, I mean, a lot of you, we, uh, we joke a little bit about Soylent Green from the movie with Charlton Heston, and uh, I can't remember who else was in there. Um, Not me either. He's the only one. Yeah, but regardless, it goes back to the 60s, I think. And we talk about Soylent Green, and it seemed like, oh, such, you know, no way that would never happen. Uh-uh. Guess what? Foundation is here if they care to make it happen. And it can't be an accident. This has been going on for over 100 years in this country, even though virtually none of us picked up on it. It's been going on, and government has been proceeding on the basis of the presumption that you're all just livestock. And as so, that's consistent with that notion of human resource. You know, we're only going to keep the cows, the pigs, the sheep, as long as it's profitable to do so. We'll do calculations and figure out how long can we, how, how much do we have to feed them, get maximum use out of them before they become less and less of a resource. And as soon as it costs more to feed them than we can get out of them, you know, here comes the soil and green. Well, don't they call those actuary tables? Yeah, I guess so. That would be one of them. That would be one of the sources of evidence here, where they figure out, oh, you're, you know, you're going to live long. Yeah, in fact, uh, fact, I believe Ron Emanuel's brother uh, is the one who worked on the health care a lot, and he came up with those tables you're talking about. Uh, How much money do we have to spend on a 70-year-old with a broken hip? Oh, she's only worth X amount of dollars. That's exactly right. We are running, and this is also part of the deal, the difference between a nation and an economy. Government wants you to believe you're in an economy right now, and people think, well, it doesn't make any difference. And there is an overlap between they can't have a nation that doesn't also have economic principles or whatever. But in the nation, the the most important element, other than God, is the people. The nation is there, and it has a system of values that is perhaps clumsy, but still it's designed to take care of, preserve, and recognize the value, the innate value of the people. But the economy is all about dollars, right? If you're not generating a profit, you are a useless eater. That includes children. That includes elderly. That includes people that are sick, infirm, unintelligent. The economy makes all of this possible and even profitable, and it's consistent with the theory of evolution. That's where we're in part. I mean, one of the greatest economists of all time, I won't necessarily say Adolf Hitler, but certainly the Nazi regime. They kept all those detailed records. They knew how much everything cost. They studied things from an economic perspective, and it took their country to tragedy. In a division of 50 years, they were divided, cut in half for 50 years. I mean, this is where you can go. You want to be an evolutionist? Fine. By their fruits, ye shall know them. The fruits of evolution are genocide, concentration camps, eugenics. You know, you want to live in that world? It might seem like a good idea while you're young enough and strong enough and healthy enough, you know, to be profitable. But the day is going to come when you are not so profitable. And 
that day will probably come long before you would die of natural causes. And if you become unprofitable 20 years before you might otherwise expire, guess what? We're going to have to phase you out. You understand? Yeah, you're losing 20 years of life, but so what? We're making money for the for the farm. Which reminds me a little bit of Animal Farm, which I'm not going to get into right now, but maybe it was maybe that analogy <clears throat> it may be that the analogy of Animal Farm was perhaps closer to the truth than a lot of people supposed at the time. Yeah, some animals are more equal than others. That's right. That's what they're getting to. And this is the same thing. You know, we were talking earlier during the break that the people who foist these laws off on us see themselves as men and women, and they see all of us as nothing but animals. But I don't agree with that. A lot of people think that these laws have been perpetrated by the Jews, for example, who tend to think of all others as goy and themselves as God's people. But the fact is there's no exception in the law where it says people of a particular race, religion, whatever, won't be deemed to be animals. It may be, as Frank said while we're talking, he said there is an exception. If you have brains enough to make this argument, they will apparently listen to you. Well, let's for a second just go with the idea, because the concept's the same, whether it's the those people, the Jews, or whatever you want to call them, it's the concept is the same as found in the Talmud that, you know, uh, you know, we're God's people, you're Goyim, okay? It's the same concept to say, well, we're in charge, we're running the farm, and you're nothing but human resources. It's the same concept. I don't agree with that, and we probably don't have time to get into it right now. We'll talk about it when we return on the second hour of the American Independence Hour. Frank and I will be back shortly, going to take some commercials. When we get back, we'll talk about whether or not this is the same concept or not. I see it differently, but we'll talk. You know, maybe you're right and I'm wrong, and we'll see. Let's take a break, Frank.
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Independence Hour, the second of two hours every Tuesday. I'm here with Frank Steffen. Russ from Texas was on the phone. Russ has hung up. I want to thank Russ for participating and calling in. Um, when we stopped the first hour, just a moment, a couple minutes ago, and take some commercials and whatever, Frank and I were talking about whether or not the man or other animals laws that we see today are essentially the same as the Jewish 
laws or at least inclination to refer to all other people as goy, that is to be that is to say animals, while the Jews alone were essentially made in God's image. And that was essentially their argument. They were God's chosen people. They were made in God's image. All the rest of you were nothing but animals. Frank thinks it's the same concept that we see today. If I'm understanding him correctly, I'm inclined to disagree. I think that what we see today, there's not a group of people up at the top of this that declare themselves to be men and women made in God's image. What I see is evidence of spiritual warfare, right? which, which I find to be encouraging. This is not just a clever little arguments. Oh, some people say you're animals. Some people say you're men and women made in God's image. You know, it's just how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. This is not an insignificant issue. This goes to the heart of what's happening in the world today. And that that cornerstone, that heart of what's happening is, are you a man or woman made in God's image? and therefore endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights and which the government is obligated to secure? Or are you merely an animal? Do you subscribe to creationism or do you subscribe to evolution? The people that are advocating this, uh, as far as I'm able to see, are like the pigs in Horwell's animal farm where they have their, they said all animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal. That was the pigs. They declared themselves, once they got into a position of power, they were willing to accept the idea that they, the pigs, were also animals, but they had authority by virtue of power. They had superior for them, might made right. They didn't mind being animals as long as they could outfox, overpower the rest of the animals. The key point is if we're all animals, none of us have any right to life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness, although we can achieve that if we have enough power. Under that theory of evolution, might absolutely makes right. If you got enough if you got enough meat on your body where you can beat the crap out of somebody else, guess what? You get to be the king. It has nothing to do with whether you're good guy, bad guy, moral guy, ethical guy, uh, righteous man, right? As opposed to a crook, a criminal. It's all about power. In evolution, it's all about power. And that the evolution is an advantage for those people who are physically or intellectually strong enough to oppress other people. Because if the other people, I'm with, if I'm one of those guys that has enough strength to push other people around and exploit them, then the presum- I'm willing to accept the idea that I'm an animal in order to degrade all the rest of them to the status of animals, and in that status, they have no—they don't have the strength, and they have no legal defense. If I want to push them around and take their money and take their wives or kids or whatever, their house and their property, they, who cares? I am strong, and they are weak, and they—and as animals, they have no right. I'm willing to accept the argument that I have. You know, I'm speaking hypothetically, of course, right now. But what I'm saying is that if I'm one of the people that are running this country, I'm. Willing